Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. He's a 19 and 3 as a starter in the NFL during a regular season. He's 0 and 2 in the playoffs. How do you neutralize this guy in such a way that it will enable us to win one game in the postseason? They have figured that out thus far. He's the one that has had struggles figuring it out. He inherited that type of team. He's come up small in the big moments, not big in the small moments. You know what I mean? So he has to show that he can be a leader and that he can be a PT player, a primetime player. That's what he's <laughs> failed to do. Rising up, back on the street. My time. Oh, for sure. You know, that's it's when to go home right now. You know, I want to win regardless. I don't really care about what people got to say, you know, um, I've only been in the playoffs twice, you know, my young career, you know, other people in the league forever haven't been in the playoffs at all, but it is what it is, you know, but definitely trying to erase that narrative right there. That's the number one right now in my mind. Welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Little uh, little caught off guard there. That was supposed to go a little bit longer. Maybe some StreamYard uh, shenanigans were going on, but uh, that was my custom intro anyway, because the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson have officially won a playoff game in the year 2020. Lamar's third season as a pro, he finally gets it done. It took him so, so, so long, but uh, here we are, boys. My name is Jake Luke. I'm joined by Spencer Schultz, Kyle Barber. What do we have to say? Your narrative is no more. Your narrative. I'm, ta- I'm talking to you, America, everyone in the world. Your narrative is... At, at ESPN, at CBS, at NBC, at Fox Sports, at Vox, at freaking CNN, at MSNBC, at Jamie T's Fantasy Pool Yard. Your narrative's done. The Baltimore Ravens have erased a 10-point deficit. They have done what everyone has beaten the horse about over and over again. 
Now, what do you have to say? Where is your field goal post now? Is it moved further? Can he not get to an AFC championship? Can he not get to a Super Bowl? Can the Ravens not do it? Yada, yada, bada, boom. The Ravens win their first playoff game since 2014. Feels good for Johnny Harbaugh. We have Kyle P. Barber on here. Our boy. Our fucking boy. Kyle, give us your emotions. How are we feeling? It's been a an exciting weekend. I was excited to get this going. I've been off and on. I think I think every Ravens fan went through like, this is the game. They're taking care of business. Two days later, just not there, freaking out. Didn't think it happened. He muted himself. He got two pumps. He muted him damn self. I muted myself because I can hear my feedback coming through super hard. Huh. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not hearing that for you. That's weird. You're good, baby. Jake, do you have uh the play in the background or was that uh let's was see. that me? That was wild. Okay, I think I found I think it was on my my end. You good? Woof. Yeah, we're good now. Super sorry about How that. How you feeling? No, you're good. Kyle. How, How you feeling? feeling? <laughs> 25 sitting on $25. That's how I'm feeling right now. I'm but, thrilled, man. Overall, just, you know, to watch Lamar take care of business, to watch this team be what felt nearly down and out, and then Jackson does what we've all been hoping for him to do, which is make a play. And he did so with a 48-yard supersonic burst to the end zone Super when it felt strong. like all hope was lost. You know, it, it really started to feel like, oh, it's third and nine. They're struggling on offense. They're going to give the ball back to the Titans. No, Jackson takes it himself and makes magic. Yeah, that was the the play that broke the game wide open for them. And you talk about the wave of emotions that you ride as a Ravens fan. This happens any single year. But this year, the import that this game had, I think, for not only fans, but this team as well. You could see their emotional reaction to it, but it gets off to a tough start, frankly. You get a, a three and out from the defense, which was great. They kicked to them, get a three and out on Titans. But then you're kind of trading possessions. Lamar throws an awful interception, god-awful pick to fucking Malcolm Butler, that little weasel who we're going to get to, who was <laughs> silenced was today, roundly silenced. But, you know, he had you know nice little interception there, basically just tossed up arm punt to him. 10-0 Titans, and all of a sudden, the dialogue from Ravens fans is it's last year all over again, X, Y, and Z, but it was early yet in the game. Jackson, partway through the, I believe, the second, drops back right around midfield, and just, you as soon as he takes off, it's like, okay, he's going to have a chance to house this. I don't know if that's what you guys were thinking, but that's what I was thinking. The look he had on his face, he was just fucking darting up the right sideline, reaches for the pylon, game on, made it 10-10 to 10 at that point, I believe. And uh, that's going to be that's going to go down on his all time highlight reel, I think, because that was kind of the play that broke that whole you were mentioning narratives. That was the play that for me kind of broke that whole narrative open and brought that game back to a level playing field. Absolutely. And for me, I uh, I got a little uh, with the party I was watching with. I got a little crazy first. And to me, for the, the Titans to receive the ball to start the game. And for the Ravens to go th to force them to three and out, you get a little scramble. Tannehill takes it four yards. Judon hunts him down. Uh, Derrick Henry stuffed as he so often was by Mr. Purnell McPhee, who holy hair shit, on man. fire today from Purnell. He McPhee. played like a, I don't even like a dragon, like a freaking apex predator shark gorilla, like something out of another planet. He was crushing the edge. 
stuffs it. Then Ryan Tannehill, uh, unable to connect with A.J. Brown, Calais Campbell with a quarterback hit early on, three and out. And knowing that the Ravens are going to get the ball to start the second half, knowing that the Ravens have struggled so heavily when getting the ball to start the game, and knowing that they're basically two possessions up at that point uh, in terms of, of, of force and then getting the ball was huge. And they do dig themselves into a hole. The interception was uh, egregiously a horrible decision by Lamar Jackson to throw that ball up like that. And, you know, we don't, we didn't get a great angle on it as we haven't had, but uh, you can kind of see Boykin, you know, he has a step and he, he's 50, he's like 45 yards downfield. He has one step. The ball is going to travel there and the DB is going to be able to recover. Uh, it was an arm punt. I like the way that you put that, but panic ensues. Panic is the, the general feeling. RG3 tweets out word for word verbatim. Don't panic in all caps with 10 exclamation points. And the Ravens didn't. Uh, they didn't. They they do end up letting up a, a drive after that. A.J. Brown goes grown man on Marlon Humphrey a couple times there. They were battling all game. But ultimately, uh, you know, 10 points come on the board. The Ravens just start finally for the first time in these three matchups against the Titans, taking what they're given, taking the underneath throws, taking the easy perimeter runs. Lamar Jackson, you mentioned the scramble that he takes. Give him some space and go run, man. You're the Kyle. You said supersonic. That was a perfect way to put it. He destroyed. I'm 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 full Italiano pizza pie Paul. He destroyed the angles that you put on your pepperoni paisan pizza. Oh, bingo, bango, boom. The Ravens are back in it, and it was everything in one game. It, it was almost fake. It was almost written in stone. The fact scripted. that they scripted, it was scripted, scripted. <laughs> it was scripted. And uh, it was just a beautiful sight to see this team function offensively, especially of course, defensively, they, they shut Derrick Henry down. They, they locked down it's in the second half. They let up three points, but to functionally throw the ball to the perimeter as many times as they did when they needed to, when the Titans were begging them to essentially, Flip the ball to Power Card. Flip the ball to Hollywood Brown so many times. Beautiful. And the monkey can swing freely on a vine again because it is off of Lamar Jackson's back. It is off of the Ravens' back. And at this point, you feel good about what the Baltimore Ravens stand, and you feel worried if the Baltimore Ravens are coming to town, whoever it is. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um we're going to see what happens. Like to me, uh, Ben, Ben Roethlisberger throws another pick as the uh, Steelers are down 21, nothing. And it looks like this game oh, is going to be over very Lord. soon. Uh, so looking like Ravens bills might be a little bit of a possibility here. As you mentioned, Ravens coming into town is going to be tough. And yeah, it does kind of feel like that. And this game to me, or maybe not this game, but moving forward now, it kind of feels like house money. Like for me this year, I predicted 11 and five, not quite in the fashion in which they did it. And uh, get that playoff win. Get the monkey off your back, as you mentioned there. Good way of putting it. And uh, now it just feels like they're rolling with house money. They're ring-a-ding-ding, baby. We're the tops, and we're just going to fucking gamble away uh, this night and have some fun. Uh, that That is the playoff. So, you know, it's going to be uh, going to be a fun ride from here on out. I'm just glad we've got to this point. But, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm not going to be echoing the same tune when uh, maybe they have to go to Orchard Park next week, uh, depending on what happens here tonight. I'm going to be probably very nervous for that game. But right now it just kind of you know, a, you know, W standing on the aircraft carrier mission accomplished, got the playoff win. 
And uh, yeah, it's it's a great feeling. Kyle, what is kind of your perspective uh, as you crack a nice beer there? What's on tap tonight? What's on tap? I went with the Not Your Father's Root Beer because that sounded awfully tasty this evening. Uh, after that, I do have a the champagne of beers, High Life, sitting here ooh, afterward. Ooh, you ooh, know ooh. it. Uh, my overall sentiment, I'm just, I'm of the same group that the narratives were quashed today. I, I was, I, I hated the narrative that Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. He was 0-2. He just turned 24 years old this week. Earlier this week, he turned 24 years old. If you can't win a chance, like a like a playoff game in your first two years when you just are 22 and 23 years old, you should not be labeled as like this kid that can't win. It's it's a crime that that was ever the narrative to begin with. Quite frankly, uh, I was happy that they also were able to take down the can't come back from a double de- digit deficit. You know that was also a part of the narrative that was first time since so. I believe October of 2016 that the Ravens yep. have won a game where they trailed by 10 points or more. And it was really nice to see that occur. So I am happy about that. Maybe the Ravens really couldn't do it, and they finally have. You know, they finally turned the corner in that regard. Uh, overall, uh, this was also the narrative that I've been kind of pushing myself is that this game was going to be the pass-fail test of Eric DaCosta's first roster construction. Uh, he built up this entire team. I think Spenny and I have both uh, kind of put this on on paper, on online, whatever, what so have you, that, you know, he built for the defense. He spent hundreds of millions of dollars in total uh constructing this defense and draft he made picks. multiple trades there was draft capital involved he used draft picks to acquire defensive talent and i was of the mind that if the ravens don't win this game eric DaCosta's early tenure looks very poor when looking back on it 28 and, uh, nothing browns yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i already i already sent off the tweet uh saying what's up buffalo rumblings <laughs> Because there's, it's not looking good for uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm I'm thrilled with that, to be quite frank. But overall, my sentiment is just I'm I'm really happy for Lamar Jackson, just as a as a fan and a journalist to see that kid, you know, win that first playoff game, to see this team do so against the Titans, and gloriously so with the stomping of the Titans logo after a Marcus Peters game ceiling interception. That to and me, you want to talk. You want to talk about you know class or uh, whatever you want to say. Obama should Obama shouldn't have worn a tan suit. <laughs> Sorry, you were big on that. You tell me often uh, off air that that's a big uh, sticking point for you. Sorry, Tennessee Titans. You came to Baltimore and had a fucking pledge of allegiance on the Ravens Shield, mm-hmm. and you want to and you want to be salty about it. What do you expect? Derrick Henry gets out under 50 yards. Ryan Tannehill shut down. The Titans score three points in the second half. What did you think was going to happen after the way that you conduct yourselves, after the way that Mike Vrabel carries himself and uh, the, the the passion that was seen? We were talking about it with RT. I'm going to butcher, butcher his name again. RTD. RDT. RDT. You want to talk about AFC Central. We want, we want football back to rivalries. We want it back to drama, parody, the, the real chutzpah of, of intensity in these games. And you just got it. The Ravens and the Titans are probably going to see each other again soon. And that contributes to the storyline. This contributes to the all-time storyline of the tale of these two teams that have met in the playoffs so many times in, the past, in our lifetimes, uh, in the past 20 years. And if you want to be salty about that, you have every right to. Uh, that's fine. 
if you want to be salty about what the Titans did on the Ravens shield, you have every right. That's fine. But these two teams don't fucking like each other. Yeah, the the pearl clutching about that, like that's the moment for me that like completes this season. Like because of what happened last season uh, in the playoffs, obviously, and then this year, they didn't have to make it a thing. They didn't have to go in there and dance on their logo and have you know little Malcolm Butler getting up in Harbaugh's face and all that stuff. That didn't have to happen, but they chose to make that a thing. And you know what? They won, and good for them. Now you know you get it thrown in your face a little bit. It doesn't feel too good, does it? And old fucking Mike Rabel. You know, Mr. You know, Macho Man, I'll cut my dick off, whatever the fuck, goes out there and talks about how the refs are like, oh, yeah, well, maybe they just weren't going to call anything. Shut the fuck up, Mike Vrabel. Like, that just, that that made me so unconscionably mad. Up. Like, I don't know. Like, that guy is, I, I don't know. He's a great coach, but he, just some of the stuff that he does, it's a little look at me, and that whole thing is just, yeah, it, it doesn't do it for me. The pearl clutching on that, and then my favorite sort of capstone move that maybe, you know, not as many people are talking about. Lamar Jackson takes a knee to end the game, and he sprints right off the field, and he says, we don't want to shake hands with them. Nope, they, they don't earn that from us. They, they didn't deserve it. So, you know, the disrespect was uh, dished out to them, and they dished it right back. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but that was, uh, that was all I needed out of this season. I have nothing against, like, a lot of Titans fans. Obviously, RDT is a good friend of ours, very civil conversation. But uh, those players in that roster, it's almost opposite of, like, the Patriots. Like, I always respected the Patriots roster and coaches, but hated their fans. It's kind of the reverse of that with the Titans. I feel well, that 100%. And at this point, as I said, there's just bad blood. And you love to see it. You love the bad blood. That's why, that's You're why, like, we were, so we were talking about this going into the, the weekend, and it was always, like, or, I mean, not always, but, like, so many people were like, oh, we didn't want this draw, you know, you wanted the easy one. And it's like, yeah, I agree with that in principle, but if you get this, then have fun with it. Like, this is fun. This is what sports are supposed to be, you know, kind of contrived drama, not contrived drama, which in this case it is not. It's a very deep rivalry that has, you know, a lot of roots in the history of, you know, the AFC Central and everything, but kind of forming its own history now. And another chapter was written. And I think if the this game doesn't go the Ravens' way, I'm not sure this is a rivalry because it's three games in a row that you've been uh, B-slapped by this squad. But now it's uh, it's really turning the into Ravens something. suddenly have two fathers, and one lives in Kansas City, and the other one is the other Christmas in Nashville. Yep, <laughs> Kansas City is kind of low-key the boogeyman that we've forgotten about a little bit because they've proven themselves to be so a class above everyone else, and we'll see what happens, obviously, with the rest of the playoffs. But the Titans were kind of the one that remained in the picture through the remainder of the season. So for them to... Go in there, slay that boogeyman, slay the 10 nothing deficit boogeyman. Was, uh, was great to see. Absolutely. And one of the things for me that uh, is a very meta perspective that stands out in this game and the way that this game went is that the talent means so much less than the scheme and the execution and the coaching, the, the planning, where you're attacking, the chess that you're playing means so much less than the NFL. And you want to go talk about, you know, disparity and parity and teams running away with things. Go look at the Jets beating the Rams. Go look at situations like that. And the Ravens finally just became competent and aware, hyper aware of where the Titans weren't and where the Ravens would be able to move the ball. And it took two games for them to, to fully do it. In the first game, the divisional round matchup last year, the Ravens just tried to run the ball down the Titans' throat. And it obviously didn't work. In the November matchup, week 11, the Ravens started to pick up on things. You, we, we talked about it with RDT. You, you start flipping the ball to Des Bryant a little bit. Uh, very elementary ways of getting the ball to the perimeter. 
And then you see this game, and they're running boots. They're flipping the ball underneath. They're they're getting Dobbins uh, on that bullshit fucking offensive pass interference call. But nonetheless, they're booting, getting Dobbins to angle like he's going to make a block for a Lamar Jackson run, flipping him out, and, and getting the ball there. And this is a real evolution, uh, a come-to, a competence of the Ravens, and especially offensively. And at the same time, we mentioned, Kyle, you mentioned, we've talked about it, Vaz has talked about it, we've all talked about it as nauseum. The defense was healthy, they had no excuses, and they didn't need they didn't need any. Uh, they, they got beat up by A.J. Brown. Marlon Humphrey wasn't able to quite man up on A.J. Brown, who... Good luck. Uh, Jalen Ramsey maybe can do it. Maybe, you know, maybe one other guy, maybe Jair Alexander maybe is able to, but you switch what you're doing. You become competent within a football game. You see coaching prevail and the, 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 the talent means so much less and the coaching, the decisions, they mean so much more. And that's what stuck out to me in this game. And it was a beautiful thing to see. It was a beautiful thing to see from a John Harbaugh led team that didn't show that and hasn't. In uh, these tough situations, it's been six years since the Ravens won a playoff game. And and for John Harbaugh's legacy, a guy, Jake, especially that you and I talked about, what he means, what he is, uh, the, the way that he's transformed. We had, we had an episode a couple weeks ago where we talked about that. It just shows that he's kept moving, kept growing, kept going. And this is a statement win. This is one of the more impressive wins on his resume. And being in that 10-point hole, where you've been before, and not fighting and clawing your way out, exploding like super saiyaning from it to score uh, twenty points to three, beautiful, beautiful football, and it, it it just feels fantastic. Going back to what Jake said about <clears throat> Vrabel, I, I was certainly frustrated with that, just because their team were the blatant receivers of the refs gift wrapped you know penalties AJ Brown with a clear push off on the offensive uh pass interference you know he caught a touchdown that, that way um he had an obvious you know shove off on there you want to know why i know it so well because he looked at the ref before he celebrated he was, the he was like that was such a weird touchdown like in real time because he's just st- like standing still like kind of looking around a little bit and then he celebrates you're exactly right that was so strange yeah. He catches it, looks around, he's like, uh, like, where are you gonna toss it? He gonna to- he's not tossing it, he's not tossing it. Let's do this. Celebrates it. And then for that one to not be called, I said that's fine. If that's the way you're gonna call the game, that's fine. If you're gonna call it tight, call it tight. If you're gonna call it loose, if you're not gonna call things, that's fine. Like, I'm game for whatever. Set the tone. This set the tone for the flags. And now let's do this. Let's run it. Like, all right, you don't want the you want you you want the physicality. You're allowing these two teams to to battle it out. Let's go. But for them to then call on fourth and two, a weak ticky tack. Yes, Sneed was picking up a was pulling a pick. It was a play. pick. It was a pick. It was a pick. Yes, I'm not I'm not disputing that it wasn't a pick. But for them to not call the AJ Brown call one or the like call off. both don't call one or the other or you don't call, call both. you call both you call neither but you don't get a pick and choose like they did and for them to not do that on fourth and two when the Ravens get the first and bury the game you know what shout out to the uh the refs for uh making the Ravens have to run it again because Marcus Peters got a playoff interception which then proceeded to have the was, team completely and totally stomp the logo the uh Playoff picks count for three. 
our boys in the up in the booth <laughs> there who I think we were a little hot and cold on. They were really trying to make this whole you can pick on Marcus Peters thing a storyline, literally leading into that drive. And then but what do you know? He's a gambler and you gotta you get he takes his shots, man. Greasy had <laughs> uh Greasy had himself a, a rough afternoon and he was roundly fired into the sun on that Marcus <laughs> Peters intersection, who is my boy, by the way. Marcus Peters, certifiably my guy in this uh, MP juice man. This certifies him as a playoff uh, playoff legend for the Ravens. I mean, and there's you know honestly like this game just had so much bullshit going. It did. It was a weird game. It was a it was a rivalry game. You know, sloppy. No, not and are close. we are we being biased? Was am I missing anything where where it didn't go the Titans' way? Am I missing one thing? I don't think so. No. The the hold penalty with four seconds left pre punt, which gave the Ravens instead of a fourth and thirty one a first down with six seconds left with no chance for a field goal. So you know the you know the Ravens just got so helpfully. Uh, that was also when uh, singular call. Little Malcolm Butler was buzzing Dez's tower and fucking like he caused that that penalty. <laughs> so like everyone freaking out about Dez. I think we got a couple questions about that. That was bullshit. Like push that little gnat gnat on your ass out into the. Out on the street and let him freeze. Fuck Malcolm Butler. Dad's uh, had his do rag on too, so you know he wasn't on it. Oh, he was he was not on bullshit. <laughs> I was so loving it. Yeah, it's Wee Bay Bryant. He's just making it happen out there. Um, you know there wasn't a bullshit going on. It was <laughs> everything that could have gone wrong. Did the pick, the the OPI, the missed field goal from Justin Tucker. Yeah, Woof. Uh, that was the that my was, man. That's one moment where you're like, oh, that guy misses. Then it might not be your day. But uh, Twitter bl- fucking exploded when he missed that kick. Twitter instantly was like, the Titans are winning this. The end is near. Justin Tucker does not miss these kicks. This is a fucking problem. And He's I was like, two. I started He's believing. Never him. missed two. He um. Ugh. Yeah, that that field two. also not a big enough storyline. That field was dog shit. Guys slipping yeah, left and right. Was, I feel like that's a nice surface to play on, though. I feel like that's a a, a low injury, low impact surface. It might be and the conditioning, like with it, maybe they were getting hit with rain or something recently. But like, it, yeah, it was it was tough. It, the conditioning was it was not great. But okay, we're we're about twenty minutes in. You guys ready to hop into questions? We do have a lot to get to here. We might not Let's be able to it. hit them all tonight. Let's do it. I'll, I'll I'll start us off with the old IG. Cool. Getting into it. Cuts Priya, better matchup, Buffalo or KC? Kyle, how you feeling? Buffalo or KC? Who do you want and why? Buffalo. I don't want any part of KC until you have to face KC. Um, I say that from the standpoint, like, uh, people are like, oh, because you're scared of them? Yeah. Yeah, the Ravens <laughs> have got their ass like, yeah, handed but- to them three straight games. Like, you want to run with KC? Yeah, I do. But you know what? Like, I don't want to start the race until I have to. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to line up against Usain Bolt unless you're really telling me I got to line up against Usain Bolt. I mean, if yeah, they I would do, love to run with them. If like they do, do like, it. if they do go into Buffalo and win, I think they'll be much better seasoned to go and play Kansas City the next week anyway. So I feel like, yeah, you, that's a part of it too. Yeah, you'd much rather see Buffalo first. And then if you have to face the Chiefs, like, fine, like, it's pr- all probability you're going to. But if you, and it feels like the Ravens are growing every week. That's what I'm. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much experiences, and so I agree with those points. While I do want the hardest road possible, the hardest road probably leads through KC. Don't get way. me wrong; I want the easiest road possible. Like if I could get the brownies in Baltimore, like we were talking, you know, off air. Like if in that weird scenario, I take it. But you know, you got to make the most of whatever matchup you get. Just like we I do. also before before we move on to the next question, I want to say the come on man moment of this game was Ryan Tannehill catching his own fucking pass. That was sick. <laughs> 
good, good, good heads up awareness to him too to not pass it because I think Jihad Ward straightening his suit as the celebration after that was just that guy is uh, talk about a guy who sneaky does not fuck around. Jihad Ward hops on Twitter after every game and just like tweets expletive filled like you know rants about like the other team and like nobody pays attention to it. Like I kind of love it. Like good for him. Love it absolutely. Moving on, Kogi Barra. Anyone else love watching the Steelers melt out? Of course we love it, Kogi. Of course we love it. <laughs> 28 nothing. They got a third and eight right now out of field goal range, I believe. So yeah, this is a this is a fun one. And Eric Ebron drops a pass. Eric Enron, you hate to see it. And it's just fun because the Steelers have had their third like COVID game, and this one completely didn't affect them. Juju talking his shit. Juju getting his shit pushed in. Sorry, guys. Uh fuck you. Go Browns. Let's, 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 I, you know, the Browns usually piss me off a little bit, but go Browns. You deserve it. This, Kevin Stefanski, the fact that Kevin Stefanski isn't able to communicate with his team throughout this game, what are we fucking doing here? Yeah, I think, like, I think for me, like, I, I was, I think talking to RDT and uh, our boy Jameson on Twitter a little bit about it. And um, I think, like, it maybe would send a weird message, like, this guy has COVID and he's just allowed to work. Like what's going on with that? So I think that's probably like, I understand like logistically you could make it happen, but NFL is, they like their PR, man. Uh, their PR is don't let uh, COVID employees work from home. Their, well, their PR is preventative and or not pre- <laughs> It's totally reactive, but we don't have to get into all that. It's you it, got COVID. You shouldn't be able to do anything. It's mission Gordo, accomplished. Lamar is the fucking true three tones. Revenge tour has started. McPhee was the unsung hero. Moving on, Lewis Metzinger. Why did they go away from a card the rest of the second half after that slick drive? It felt like for me that you kind of flash Ricard as uh, a guy who comes in motion and you use him primarily as a blocker, of course, and you start showing him as a real weapon and the Titans then respect that and you can go away from it. And that uh, that felt like the the summary to me. But Ricard was a huge factor in this game. And shout out to me for being a fucking bonehead probably three months ago uh, saying don't use Ricard in the passing game. He's not a natural ball carrier. Uh, whatever, whatever. Obviously, always love him as a blocker. Love the hell of Pat Ricard. But to be fair, even game. when he does like get out into the, those passing lanes and like those flats were wide open, like you were saying. And so, like, him getting out of the flats, like, he's got this weird, like, stand-up-ish nature where he's, like, all the way up and he's, like, hauling it in like a bread basket. Like, there's kind of an – there's he's not totally natural at it yet, but he was effective in it today. Kyle, did you like what you saw from old uh, Prick 508 out there? I very much did. I thought that was genius by Greg Roman to go out there with the first drive of the second half with his adjustments and go – oh, shit, the flats have been wide open all game. We should probably start utilizing that. And he throws it to Ricard. In total, they get three receptions out of him. And then they cap it off with him lead blocking for the J.K. Dobbins rushing touchdown there as well. I thought that was clever of the team. Uh, And also, uh, to answer the the question originally, which is why did they go away from him, it's very similar to what uh, Spencer said. You know, you flash him, show him as a weapon, and then uh, you get a – they have to respect him and then you can move away from it because as long as there's any focus on Ricard as a, as a player, they have to respect something else other than just their main priority. If that then becomes something that they have to think on and, and second guess or at any time consider as a threat, they that's, that's a, that's a split second that you have to uh, not be focusing on Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, any of those, um, any of those guys. Uh, The other thing is, the Ravens should not have 
Pat Ricard as their primary weapon for the second half. Yes, they utilized him and it went into a drive, but that doesn't mean you keep going back to that, you know, player for the long haul for the rest of the second half. You know, you don't want your fullback being your top weapon for an entire second half in a playoff game. Yes, you want to utilize him. Yes, they did. But you don't want that to be your your main uh, source for success. Uh, when you have the likes of Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, who had a fucking day. Game of his career. Lamar Jackson was balling in his own right. And uh, overall, just the entire team. Like, that's not the guy you want to lead for the rest of the game. Yes, but I think uh, I did. I had a fun thought on it that, like, the life as a Ravens fan in 2020 is, like, you go into the locker room and your halftime adjustment is, like, oh, got to get the fullback more involved here. It was Hell awesome. Yeah. yeah. Top tier tweet. Top tier comment. I loved it. Yeah, but that's my thoughts on it. PFT loves it. Moving on, Jason Woodbury with a comment that I'm really, uh, I feel like there's, I'm going to make a take about this, and it might not be well-received. Preemptive take strike here. Everyone's strapped Jason Woodbury. Jimmy re-signing was underrated. He shut AJ down when he was lined up with him. Jimmy Smith is the best technical man coverage player on this roster. He is smooth. He has the same, especially for AJ Brown. He was giving Marlon Humphrey a little trouble. Humphrey redeemed himself at times for absolutely. Uh, AJ Brown, I, I'm not I'm not mad at you, Marlon Humphrey. At all, I love you to death. You're the fucking best. AJ Brown's a tough cover, but Jimmy Smith just has the same build as AJ Brown. It's like AJ Brown on AJ Brown. It was like uh, the Terminator when he gets a replica of himself, whatever the hell those were called, Jake. The, uh, the, T1, the T-1000. Boom, that's why I love you. The T-1000s, exactly. Jimmy Smith was a T-1000 of A.J. Brown and stopped him. And that's okay. Marlon Humphrey is a fucking freak player. He's an outstanding alpha player. He had super sticky coverage, got yeah boyed a couple times, had some big plays as well. Early on in that first drive, that three and out, uh, I think the first possession, sticky coverage forced a uh, forced a perfect throw that was not made and uh, is, is able to get the better of A.J. Brown there. But... Jimmy Smith, yeah, Boyd. Yeah, Boyd, A.J. Brown. And it was just so... Kyle, you love Jimmy Smith more than anyone. I think Voss might overtake me for that one. He'll uh, he'll at least have comments about it. But yeah, I love Jimmy Smith. I think he's one of the most technical cornerbacks the Baltimore Ravens have ever had. And by technical, I mean, you know, he doesn't make a move that's uh, not... Always in phase. Intentional. Always in position. Yeah, he's a very technically sound player, and for him to be this big that he, you know, he's he's really big. He's a big corner. He's your, he's the guy that you want to build a character around because of his height, his size in total, his speed, strength, all of it. And uh, that's the, you know, if if every player has to have one fault in their game, unfortunately, Jimmy's is his health because he's fucking perfect everywhere else, and that's why you put him on people like that. That's why you pay him, you know, $3 million for five games, unfortunately, is because he's perfect in those games. Unfortunately, just the health can't keep up, but when he is healthy, he's making plays every game, man, and that's why I've, I, that's why I've always loved Jimmy Smith. It was beautiful. It was a culmination of what you're talking about, Kyle, that you can't blame Jimmy Smith for having his ankle rolled up on last year. You can't blame him for trying to torpedo a tight end and blowing a play up and hurting his shoulder. It it, it just, he gets hurt sometimes. Like it's, uh, he hasn't even like torn his ACL or anything. Like it hasn't been anything like that. Maybe he did early in his career. I don't even remember. But yeah. The Achilles Achilles. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't been like a soft tissue thing. It's just like mistimed weird stuff happens to him, but 
for Ravens fans, especially ones that are like our age or of course older, you've been watching this beautiful cornerback that is perfect, that has had so many outstanding performances that the Ravens miss so much when he's not on the damn field, get healthy at the perfect time and give you the performance you need. It was it was just a, a feel-good moment as a Ravens he's fan. He's one of the best Ravens draft picks of all time. One of the Hard most overlooked, especially overlooked. Mm-hmm. I just think he's like straight up within like maybe the top 10 at this point. Like he's played of, here for a decade. For sure. Like how many guys are in, in one team for a decade? I know like the Ravens, like they home grow their guys, but a lot of them leave. And, you know, he's the one, one of the ones that stuck around in that, you know, 2011 class. He was there an entire decade. He's still here, still getting it done. And uh, there's a lot to say for that. And him being able, it just unlocks this damn defense when you can have Marlon Humphrey play that that star kind of role, that uh, that that nickel blitzer, alpha, run stuffer, psycho with their hair on fire. What is Marlon? 24, 25 years old, like getting into his prime with his hair on fire. And you can rely on Peters and Smith in the outside. Like that is the kind of thing that can make you thrive in the playoffs when it comes together and teams haven't seen it and don't know how to attack it. And it was Perfect, and it was a great adjustment by Wink Martindale to recognize, you know, Marlon wasn't wasn't doing great. I mean, he was he was getting beat a little bit. He was putting up a fight, absolutely had a couple reps that he won, but Jimmy just shut it down, and it was a better just. When you look at AJ Brown, you look at Jimmy Smith. They have that wide. They're they're broad in the shoulders, skinny in the waist. They 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 kind of look the same in terms of physical prowess, mm-hmm. and it worked out really well. So that was awesome, awesome, awesome. Moving on. Fiore Lucas, Fiore. Fiore. How about Lamar rushing touchdown? Fucking awesome. Loved it. Boys, how do we feel? How do we feel when that touchdown happened? That is the single most significant play of his career. Like a, there, there are more flashier ones. There's the spin move. There's all that stuff. But playoff game down by 10, all those boogeymen. It's the Titans. You got a, what is it? A second and 10. I mean, you know, driving into midfield. Don't know what's going to happen. And then it's not a design run. It's, you know, it's nothing but just him, his athleticism and what makes him special as a player and the effort to dive for the pylon, get it done, jump up, yell, what the fuck y'all talking about? And just absolutely gronk spike that football into the boards and just, just blows by Kevin Byard. Yeah. Just blows. Like by he, Kevin some of the angles that like, if you go back and look at it, like there's three players all like in front of him when he's at like the 35. It's like this guy, he should be caught like, you know, if he's a normal person, but he's not a normal person. I love that he's established kind of his own touchdown celebration too. That is just. Yeah. Yeah. I was tweeting about that. The railing the ball. Just absolutely just nuking it into the wood. And like the cameras obviously picked up him yelling what the fuck y'all talking about, which I think was a direct response. I don't think he's a big Titans Nashville guy. I, it no. <laughs> sounds like there was some disrespect going on in that field, and I'm I'm happy he was able to um, kind of throw it back in their face a little bit. And Kyle, you've been editor now. Pardon me. This ben Roethlisberger intercepted again. I will is, be. <laughs> <laughs> he's intercepted again. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Pittsburgh. Uh, Kyle, this whoa. is your fourth year as editor, or third year, fifth, right? Uh, we are fifth year. Six. We are maybe? 17 days from my five year anniversary. Five year anniversary. There we go. So. Was that the biggest play of you being editor? Um, I mean, I think it's got to be. The C.J. Mosley interception, you know, 
was huge. And it was, it, that was a similar like monkey off the back feeling when, when the Ravens had finally, you know, they, every single time it was week 17 and they got their hearts broken, you know, Christmas day hearts broken. I remember so many times that it was just a devastating loss. And I think, I think this is the first time that I've been like, man, I can really enjoy some playoff football by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, because it'd been it'd been heartbreak against the Chargers, against the Titans last year, um, all of that. But I mean, uh, in year. some regard, I think like Jackson's first start, like that first pass that he hit to Hollywood Brown for the first touchdown, that was significant too. Like, oh fuck, we're in the Lamar Jackson era, and this is gonna be fun. Like that was a, that was a big play. Looking back at it, and like Marquise Brown was the one that the recipient on his first touchdown. You know, was first catch was a touchdown. That was big. But I think taking the gravity of the situation that I think that's such a, a catalyst for, for the future and for the right now. And uh, I he think was, it was enormous. You know, he was right in the throes of all of it down by mm-hmm. 10 people on Twitter, getting a little chirpy about the down by 10 thing. It's the Titans. Yep. They're doing their little flexing celebration. They're like, every mm-hmm. time they make one remotely, you know, rem- like any sort of play, they're doing their flexing and they're popping their traps out and thinking they're all, yep. you know, Mr. Hot Bod, well, guess what? And then that was he- also the play that uh, I don't get loud in the house much because, like, when you're watching with friends and family, you're all going to scream and cheer together. It's hard to gain a get a reaction when you're just sitting in front of the desk alone. You know, like I'm tweeting out like, "Oh my God, the Ravens, Derek Wolf just sacked him." I'm doing it like this, Derek Wolf sacked. You know, boring face, stoic face. I was sitting at the chair watching, and all of a sudden, I'm like. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! And and Allie's like walking through the room real quick, and I'm like, "Run, run, run!" He's got it, you know, screaming, celebrating. Like that's been the first time in a very long time that you know I try to be professional and and not have the response, the emotional, um, you know, involvement in this. I try to be just covering them and, and unbiased. But like I was screaming. I was truly screaming and happy and they scored and, and Allie was grinning from ear to ear. She's like, I love when you get like this excited about stuff like this. Like she, she said, you know, you look like you're having so much more fun. I was like, this was fun. And I was, I was very thankful for Jackson to tuck it and be the best player on the field. We all know you are the Titans defense certainly knows you are. That's why they're so scared of you. That's why they're playing this hard. Like, Go make the fucking plays now. You're El Freaky. Do your thing. Ryan Tannehill is awesome, and, like, he's played really well, and he deserves all the accolades. But, like, Ryan Tannehill and nobody else, like, nobody can, like, do what he did on that play. And that totally flipped the game. And looking back on it, it flipped all those narratives like you were talking about. So that's, to me, the the biggest play of his career. So thrilled. It was spectacular, and it you could just feel the gravity of it. You could feel how the pressure melted with that decision to run with him going downhill, not running to the sideline, not avoiding contact and, and, and playing to live to die another down. No, it was all in the fucking field right there. It was gladiator. It was live or die and erased that game. That, that was that game. Uh, one of the by easily, of course, the biggest plays, if not the biggest play moving on, Sign 23, go Raven, shout out, be loose. Dane, the young five sacks, a concern. How did, how did those sack? I mean, we'll look at it, and of course, I'm going to look at it way too much this week, but 
those were a problem for sure. And Tyree Phillips is in. I uh, felt like that was a little bit of it. And, and felt like the Titans just kind of, you know, weren't getting a ton of pressure a little bit and kind of just let Lamar run into a little trouble. Uh, Kyle, how did you feel about the offensive line and, and those sacks? There was four in the first half, I believe. Yeah, Kyle, how'd you feel? Hey, just had to uh, <laughs> take care of the uh, the heat. The, the room is like a billion degrees right now. And I was like, I won't turn it off until the end of the pod. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to sit another 45 minutes this way. So in the private chat, I said, be right back. And I'd hope one of you guys would catch oh, it. I, I did oh, as right. he was Jake, like... Jake, how did you feel about the offensive line's performance? Then? Let's, yeah, let's it was... It was a little shaky and like this whole thing where like you're platooning Tyree Phillips and um, DJ Flukers. I don't know. Like it's it's worked in some games. Other ones it hasn't worked as well. And I think it bucked its head in some spots here. Titans got a vicious front though in some ways. Jeffrey Simmons is going to be collapsing pockets and uh, you know, they, they got some dudes up there. So um, this offensive line is definitely, I think, looking at the competition over the last five weeks, there's been plenty made about how the Ravens are not this great team because of that competition. I think to some degree that's kind of BS, but other you know in other ways I think it shows. And a team like the Titans that's built along that defensive line, it's going to be, you know, it's definitely going to buck its head a little bit more. And I think it did today a little bit. But uh, we're going to see what happens with the, the remainder of the teams in the playoffs because I think uh, the way the Titans are constructed, like I know the Bills have some guys up in the front, but like other than that, like teams kind of aren't really built that way. So the Ravens are in a good spot with uh, some of the makeshift portions of their interior O line that they have. Hundred percent agree. Moving on. Josh J O four one nine. Can the Ravens beat Kansas City? I want the Ravens to win it all. I love your show. Can the Ravens beat Kansas City? Yeah, sure. Uh, they can beat them. They have that within their wheelhouse. I'm not going to predict that. I don't foresee that happening until it happens. I know that sounds stupid, but I am not going to take the Ravens to beat the Chiefs. If that matchup happens, it does not look like we'll be getting that this week, as the Steelers are just. It's a sh- it's I mean, a shit pumping full on. The Ben Ben Roethlisberger's boots are about to be. It's already warming up on the sideline. Come on, Ben. Come on. It's ben, a little cold out there on that field, Ben. Don't you want to throw up, me on and warm nice your little tootsies out there, Ben? Come on, Ben. Yeah, uh, don't think we're gonna get that this week, but I want it to happen. I want to see that happen. Of course you do. The Ravens are feeling a little confident. They get that Titans monkey off their back. The Titans are a weird team that match up with the Ravens really well for some reason. By the way, like in the event that it does, you are going to pick the Ravens. I'm I'm just telling you right now, like I know that you're saying this. I refuse. You will. I will will bleed. I will bleed that I will not take the Ravens. I'm not. I Vaz gave the sacrificial lamb, took the Titans. We needed that. Swear to God, if the Ravens play the Chiefs somehow, some way, whenever they play them again, I'm not taking them. I'm not. Fool me one time, fool me three time, unload the choppa, let it rain on you. J. Cole, love you. Not taking the Ravens to beat the Chiefs. But could they? Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be young Jamie. I'm going to be pulling that up if and when you do choose to pick them. But uh, you not doing on. it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Uh, maybe I will for the content. We'll see. Moving on, WB Caps, does the Ravens offense week 13 to present edition match up well against KC? <sighs> Not really. I don't think so either. I really don't think so either. Uh, Frank Clark, Chris Jones present problems. Mark Andrews doesn't. like They practice against Travis Kelsey, who I, I, I love Mark Andrews. I love you to death. Top five, top five, top five. You are... Travis Kelsey on a bad day. 
like Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame tight end. Mark Andrews is a Hall of very good tight end maybe right now. He's young. Hopefully he keeps improving. Has a huge drop early on in this game, but they just are used to kind of playing, it feels like, against Jackson and, and don't get gashed and are able to buckle down and get pressure. They get a ton of pressure on the Ravens for some reason. Uh, the I, Ravens I have just, speed. if they want to be in that, if the Ravens want to be in that game, they have to take like no plan into it, weirdly. Like they just have to say, like, all right, we're just going to bring everything that we have. We're going to spread it wide open and like Lamar's just going to scramble like a madman and like we're just going to try to figure something out because like you can't, I don't know, like, it, it feels like a bring a plan into it and get punched into the mouth and just abandon all hope. Ye who enter here. The I, one thing I will say, Hollywood Brown, man, holy fucking shit. It's about time. He starts busting people one-on-one in the open field. Take angles, cut on people. You, his change of direction is insane. That takes this offense to a different stratosphere. Him being yep. able to create after the catch, him and Lamar being able to connect on a fucking five-yard speed out every single time makes this offense legitimate makes them a an actual threat he's quietly been he's he's quietly been working his way to this point over the uh, course of the ravens offensive turnaround scoring touchdowns doing things having complete games a couple drops here and there throughout some of those games but like again going back to that competition thing people you know kind of dismissing it a little bit and he finished the season with like decent stats comes into this game and it's kind of a question of like all right the lights come on just like with all these other guys in the offense lights come on what are you going to do he he balled the fuck out this is probably you talk about Lamar's most significant moment this is I'm I'm sold on Hollywood Brown going forward as at least a number 2 receiver for this team was he, very he happy with him. go ahead Kyle was very happy with him um if we're going to be heralding some players before we take other questions i think the man that we have uh, we've not overlooked. We've just we've waited way too long to say anything about him. It's Pernell McPhee. I mean, we need to have a whole segment dedicated to that man. I've not seen. I think he played his best game of his career. One of the best play like games by any Ravens linebacker, certainly in a playoff game. For him to check him up, you know, like when you're playing basketball and on the open court and you go, yo, I got, I got two, two. That's my guy. Like everybody's manning up for him to do like, yo, that 2000 yard rusher, the one that's led the league and back to back yards, rushing touchdowns and carries. That's my guy. I got him. You guys can pick whoever else you want. You can help me out if you want, but like, that's my responsibility today. And for him to do it was wild. I talked about this on the Twitch stream that like, if you came to me and you were like, who do you think is going to be the guy that's going to contain Derrick Henry the most? And and you'd be like, probably Derrick Wolf, Clayus Campbell, Brandon right. Williams, in that order. It'd be around that order, you know? And they'd be, and then I'd say, what if it was Pernell McPhee? You'd be like, yeah, that actually kind of makes sense too. Right. Like, you're Overlooked. not surprised by it. Like you're thrilled and you and like you don't see it out of the realm of po- like of possibility. Like that's a guy that makes sense in that argument. Like, yeah. Okay. What if Pernell McPhee was the guy that shut down Derrick Henry? Yeah, dude, for sure. That's the kind of dude that can do it. The guy that's an old school style Raven loves to play physical, loves to talk to, and he backs it the fuck up because that's the kind of guy he is. He's a real dude. And that's who I was so happy with to watch really play because a healthy McPhee, able to make plays on the edge, make plays inside, make them outside, set the edge, do what he did for that long of a game. Like, you're like, all right, maybe they're going to start getting worn down. Maybe they're going to get tired. Like, first play for the Titans, carry off from Derrick Henry. Who fucking tackled him again? Pernell McPhee and company. Like, 
that's who it was. Like, and you know what no he's also doing in, in those moments? He's screaming his fucking head off and like getting fired mm-hmm. up, which is kind of an aspect that we've talked about has been missing in this rivalry on the Ravens side of things. Yep. The Titans like to do their little flexing Blaise thing. Campbell set the fucking tone. He did. Screaming oh, at them, walking off the field. Like, And good on him for backing it up a little bit. We talked pregame about like right. how he was kind of talking about how, oh, well, you didn't have us last game. And it's like, well, you got to back it up. And he did big time, as did McPhee. 100%. The other guy who stood out to me quietly was Deshaun Elliott. He, yep. Oh, yeah. He Free. entered frames. I, I I mean, I had a job that was tedious this entire season, watching a lot of TV broadcasts, a lot of All-22. I have not seen a player fly through a frame on a goddamn TV set like Deshaun Elliott against the run. Oh my God! He comes downhill. He didn't have the, actually. He did. Excuse me. He that pass breakup. Ronu Smith up. That pass breakup on Smith. Uh, another Loki massive play in the game. Massive on third and two, and and get a stop there. And Deshaun Elliott is coming downhill. He he was tweeting out. He was like, I have to elevate. I have to step up. You know, I'm above this. He he ends up Snapchatting out like, fuck Tennessee, <laughs> fuck anything Tennessee. Like, yes, feed me that shovel, shovel that into me. Yes, that energy, that old school, badass Baltimore Ravens football. You know what was great about this that I didn't know until afterwards? Deshaun Elliott on his Snapchat entering the stadium went, yeah, took took a video of himself, said, Come to your trap, take over your trap. He said he's going to come to your house and take it over. Pre-game. He didn't say that post-game. He didn't say... He, no, play. he had a pre-game snap story, too. Mm-hmm. It literally just a selfie, a, literally a what-she-sees type situation that says, uh, mm-hmm. if, if fuck you if you have anything to do with Tennessee. Like That's awesome. It was I love sick. it. I'm so happy about it, too, man. Elliot deserved every bit of this start season that he had. Earl Thomas, who? This... this you know, this was a right. game of narrative. That was a that, this was a game of narratives in that regard as well. You know, Earl Thomas had a truly one of the best players on that Ravens defense in twenty in, in 2020, 2019, You know, in that playoff game against the Titans, uh, but he'll only be remembered for the stiff arm. But like, what happened? Fucking Deshaun Elliott showed up, made plays, made a huge third down incompletion, and the cowardly Mike Vrabel who has the audacity to complain about flags and the lack thereof, who was benefited greatly by it, who has Derrick Henry, the 2,000-yard rusher, the MVP arguable candidate because they want to make an argument for him, you know. Um, then he he cowardly punts on that play anyway. So, um, right. you know, screw them. Shout out Deshaun Elliott. Shout out Pernell McPhee. Those two vicious players on defense for sure deserve the respect. Uh, we're so thankful to uh, be able to watch what they did today. Yeah, Deshaun Elliott, a uh, great uh, culture piece. He, here. he culture above his weight class. Yeah. He is a pound-for-pound pound champion. But we're big he culture guys around here. We just love uh, discussing culture and everything. So, you know, he's... I like the culture when the culture fucking hits. That's listen. The culture, that's, that's the culture that that's the culture that he that he brings. We no more misgivings because <laughs> that's, that's a culture, culture I'm about. I'm, I've been re- I like I've been ten minute highlight <laughs> reel on YouTube on repeat just to keep my brain fresh on plays, and it just happened again. I just saw him deck Chanu Smith, and that is the culture that I'm about. The culture that I'm about is walking your trap, take your shit. Oh go man, go to Nashville, get some Hattie B's, stay at the hotel, get a good night's sleep, wake up. 
walk into Nissan, take your fucking car, leave with it. Don't need a handshake. Sorry. Once again, I just want to take this moment and remind us three. That was a great football game. And it went in the Ravens' favor in the end. Like, you know, the Ravens lose that game. That sucks. It was a great game. They would have lost. That sucks. It would have still a great game. But the Ravens played a fucking great game. The Titans played a decent game, too. And the Ravens came out on top. And it ceased so many narratives. It was so gratifying after all of this battle for 365 days. It was just a something that I want to remember. And on this podcast, just appreciate with the fans that, like, this game happened. And, man, it was a joy to come back from 10-0 and watch these dudes make the plays necessary. Watch the coaching staff make the adjustments. Watch everything unfold in a Baltimore Ravens victory when the clock's at triple zero. The physicality is what makes this team dangerous right now. The fact that the Ravens have not necessarily been playing, and you hear Rex Ryan talk about it. If you guys were hearing the uh, lounge, mm-hmm. I, I listened to the lounge. Rex Ryan's on there, so I listened to Fantastic. it. He's he's on NFL Live talking about it, talking about how I don't see the Ravens. The, the identity of this franchise, I don't see them getting bullied three times in a row. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Restoring that f- plain, physical, hard-nosed, hitting mentality in the playoffs, that is a dangerous team. That is a dangerous team that you do not want to face. Physicality nope. reigns supreme in the playoffs. Hashtag culture. Hashtag culture. Moving on, let's get back into it. Dank Rail 25, time for the playoffs. Let's do this. Michael Murr 12, I have given my six-week-old son shaken baby syndrome. Let's go. Don't do, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Shake no. the baby. Oh, the baby. No. Jerry, oh, you got to see the baby. L at 52, Hollywood is Hollywood again. I would go further. I'd say he's prime time jet. We have seen Hollywood Brown in two playoff games. You know what he is, you know what he is now? Shout out to Nashville. He's Broadway Brown. Ooh, love to hear it. Moving on, Givens Mazer, is this season a success yet? And if so, does that mean the next game could be a letdown? This game is a success, or this season is a success. Considering the adversity, considering the COVID, considering the bullshit, considering no Ronnie Stanley, considering Lamar's not playing his best, anything you want to say, the season is a success. With that being said, does that mean, you know, uh, anything that if they play, if they lay a fucking egg next week, is that acceptable? No, it is absolutely not. But as Jake said previously, they're playing with house money at this point. You're on the road. You know, you're on the road over and over again. Go get it done. Uh, This is a successful season. Boys, do you feel this is a successful season? You can feel free to say it's not yet. Yes, I will say that it's a successful season. And on the merit that one, I like that you pointed out all of the adversity, but overall, this was what, like I mentioned previously, was the roster construction. They built it to beat Tennessee. They built it to not get punked by a ground game in a, an offense like Tennessee's in the playoffs. That's what they built this fucking team for. That's exactly what was demonstrated today was that they could defeat that team. Because they, you know, maybe Eric DeCosta was like, we're probably going to see them next year. That's the kind of team that we'll probably match up with. Uh, next year in the playoffs at some point. If it's not the wild cards, it's the divisional. If it's not the divisional, it's the AFC championship. That's the, like, we're going to match up against them. And what did they do? They matched up with them right away. 
and they got the job done. They had Campbell healthy, Wolf healthy, Williams healthy, thankfully, because they'd never been able to battle all three as a unit against this team. And when they did, they won it, and they held Derek 2,000-yard rusher Henry to 40 yards on 18 carries. For goodness sake, shout out Pernell McPhee again. Good Lord. I count this as a success. Jake, what do you got? It 100% is. I think I was uh, talking on this maybe a little bit earlier. You know, 11-5, and like, most teams are lucky to go 11 and five every year. And the Ravens, this to some people, and I think to a lot of outside observers, it might feel like a down year, 11 and five and a wild card and a lot of weird shit happened. But to me, like 11 and five, like I said, was my prediction for them. I said they'd get over that playoff hump, hump and get a win. They did it. They're playing with house money now. It's a weird year to begin with, with COVID. You know, let's run it back and see what they can do next year. Even, you know, I'm not even overlooking further roster configuration exactly i'm not even overlooking this further game but they got a chance to be really fucking good next year i mean and it's weird because like if you look at this season like if it's not a monsoon i think there's probably a good chance they win that new england game if If they don't if they don't have fucking covid if they do not have covid when they were playing the titans the first time that's when they got it they had it on the field in that game and like they you know they looked a little sluggish and they made some weird mistakes so like Obviously, you can't 100% blame it on that, but it fucks with your respiratory rate, so maybe that was affecting effort levels a little bit. And, uh, you know, Derrick Henry's <laughs> second half might, you know, no throw Campbell, some validity no towards Williams, that. Um, and warm down late. The Ravens at this point are averaging 12 wins a year over the last three years. They've won 36 <laughs> games considering this win today. Uh, like Jake said, teams don't win that every year. That doesn't happen. They're in the class of the NFL with the Packers, with the Seahawks, with the Steelers, with the Patriots, who had a down year the Ravens haven't had. The Ravens haven't had a down year like that in uh, since, what, 2015? And yep. that was a little bit more of an aberration, I'd say, even more so. Totally. So at this point, I mean, Jake, you mentioned the roster configuration. There's There's three minutes left in this football game. There's about three minutes and 10 seconds left. Titans line up. 11 personnel. They have Derrick Henry in the backfield. He 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 really has a way of leaning. Uh, I think that gives away the run just a little bit, and it's still hard to stop. Still hard to stop. You respect it either way. But he's really in tight with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the Titans run the ball in third and one, and Derrick Henry just gets fucking rejected in the hole. You see Ward in there. You see Williams in there. Send him back. Return to sender. And then the Ravens again on fourth and one. This game's you know drifting away, and uh, they, they come up. That's where Tannehill is able to do the little motion and, and then get the quarterback sneak, and then you're still able to come up and stop them. Finishing. This team finished. What did Marlon Humphrey say last year after that big loss? The identity of this team is choking. Not anymore. Not after that Browns game. Not after this game. Not after the way they finished the season this year. They're finishing games, and the physicality, the ability to finish, the competency of coaching, those three things right now for me mean this team is freaking dangerous. Moving on. Givens Mazer added on, dancing on the shield is easily a top 10 all-time Ravens moment. Can't disagree there. The great Josh B. The spontan- ah. By the way, the spontaneity of it is really what, like, it wasn't like Titans when they, they basically, they planned that out, the Titans, the first time. Yeah. This one, it was just Marcus it was a, Peters. It was a variable move. He was yeah. like, all right, we're going on their shield. Yeah, Marcus yeah, Peters picks it three, off. Three days in advance. Yeah, Marcus Peters picks it off and just a fucking valve of emotion releases and they just spill onto the field and just stomp that shit out. I loved it. Yeah, it was glorious. Uh, speaking of which, we do have a shirt for merch. I am going to plug the, the merch a little bit here. Uh, it's Stomp the Logo. We got it on the website, baltimorebeatdown.com. You can get it as a shirt or a hoodie. Stomp the lo- Logo. 
And then it's got Baltimore underneath it, purple and gold. Looks pretty nice. Uh, partnered with uh, Breaking Tea on that. So definitely give it a look. Um, I'm I'm copping one because, man, to exercise the demons right there like that was gratifying. How many times think- in your life have you stomped the yard? I have not stomped the yard since my Wyoming days, if I ever stomped the yard in Wyoming. <laughs> I was going to say, you're getting into the streaming game. I There's got to be some bet where you're going to have to stomp the yard live on a stream wearing the T-shirt. You're, you're right. You're right. I am getting in the streaming game, and yeah, that's going to happen at one point. I did want to hit you guys with a couple of stats real quick. Um, the Go Ravens sent off those postseason quick hits, you know, and uh, this is the one that they sent uh, in their playoff history. The Ravens are 5-0 and in road wild card playoff games, including 4-0 and under head coach Sean Harbaugh. Those have both now, you know, increased by one. Uh, you know, they're now six and zero in road wild card playoff games. Absolutely nasty road warriors. Completely. Harbaugh is ten and seven overall in postseason games. Number one, baby. He owns seven road playoff victories, tying Tom Landry and Tom Coughlin for most by head coach in NFL history. That means John Harbaugh just set the new NFL record by a head coach for the most road playoff victories in NFL history. Shout out to John Harbaugh. Uh, NFL's best uh, wildcard round record since 2000 slash the Ravens first playoff season. Uh, Ravens are now six, you know, perfect score, batting a thousand on road wildcard games. Uh, the closest after them is the Titans, excuse me, the Chargers at two and oh, Ravens are six and other two and oh, love it. Jake right there. Absolutely love it. Uh, Ravens now tied for overall wildcard game records, uh, the Chargers were number one with four and one at 800%, you know, 0.8. Uh, Ravens are now eight and two in 10 contests, and uh, they're sitting it there tied up as well. So, uh, some great, you know, stats there to prove that, like, to the people that wanted Harbaugh gone at any point, um, his lowest being right before he, uh, you know, put Jackson in the starting lineup, and that may have saved his season overall. But, you know, Harbaugh's an incredible coach, and this just goes to show it. We've, uh, on, I know you boys on this podcast, uh, without me, have, have uh, sung his praises, deservedly so, and I'm happy to further that mo- you know, movement with uh, these kind of numbers here tonight. 100%. He actually took number one. That was his eighth yep. road playoff he's, he's win. The top dog now, yeah. Yep. yep, he overtook them for, for first all-time now. Yeah. Should he and start uh, rocking a fedora on the sideline just to further Alpha Tom Landry? <laughs> Alpha Tom Landry. That's Johnny. Johnny Football Harbaugh. But it was awesome, and it was a spectacular moment, and I appreciated that earlier, Kyle, when you shouted out, you know, let's just take it in, sink it in a little bit. While it's not the Super Bowl, it's a fucking wild card game. Uh, the Ravens have won a lot more than that before. So mm-hmm. let's not act like they won the Super Bowl, but at the same time, haven't won a playoff game since 2014. This was a huge win, a huge win, a narrative crusher. Moving on back into the mailbag, Joe Boke and Ninja JC. Do the Titans take over the Steelers as the lead rival? Number 32 is a hitter. Yes, Deshaun Elliott is a hitter. I'd say yes. I'd say that the rivalry is more bad blood right now than it is with the Steelers. Yes, and we'll see what happens because they don't play the Titans in the regular season next year, but uh, as of right now, yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that this is a more significant rivalry. You look at the Ravens uh, games this year, and tragically, one of them was uh, with 22 Ravens out, and they only dressed 36 total players. So obviously, that's a, a little bit of a wash, you know, and, and the Ravens almost won that game. But uh, overall, I mean, the first matchup of the year showed some 
hints of a rivalry there. You know, it felt like things were starting right. to come along. Uh, the you know the Steelers won on a, a last second like uh, call no you know no call maybe uh, Willie Sneed getting hit in the skull you know with a with a targeted helmet um, and that didn't get called and the Ravens had a shot that entire game so it feels like that one's bo- you know at a nice simmer but this is the height and the peak of the boil that is the Ravens Titans matchup and man if they get a play in the playoffs next season if that comes to fruition as well it's going to be at an all time high. So as of right now, yeah, Titans is a, a more significant rivalry. Hundred percent. Moving on, block one, one, three, four. Man, that shit looked ugly early on, but the Ravens adjusted, and Lamar was not going to lose that game. Agreed. Neon Dion, Hollywood was the best Brown on the field, averaging a hundred plus yards per game in the playoffs. That's prime time, Jet. I just have a little like, it's just wild thinking about how where Hollywood Brown was let's say week eight, nine, 10, wherever, uh, in that middle portion of the season, then going back to what you see at OU when he's in Oklahoma Sooner and the way that he was able to break angles, make guys miss, be a fucking lethal weapon in the open field. Today was the first day we've seen it. Today was the first day we've seen him make guys pay in the open field. That was the difference for me. Able to run those orbit motions, those orbit back motions, and uh, flip him in the ball just destroyed someone on the boundary one-on-one, cut right upfield on them. That is what prevents this offense from going over the top of the yak. They don't have the yards after the catch, and they do struggle at times. Uh, Just generally getting the ball to the perimeter, you see them start to click on those out routes, on those quick little perimeter passes that we've talked about so freaking much. But him being able to go get a couple first downs, he also picks, plucks that really low ball on a curl on second and 10, I believe, uh, either first and 10 or second and 10, really low throw. It was an under uh, a throw that was low, simply put, and is able to pluck that off the ground, ends up being second and one. The Ravens convert a first down late in the game. He was an impact player today. He was the first round draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens today. He was primetime jet today. Unlocks this offense. Really fantastic stuff to see from primetime jet. Indeed. You really noticed it, you know, in that uh, throughout the game, like all of a sudden when Marquise Brown starts making plays and starts catching passes, that they were like, oh, we can't just cover Mark Andrews and we can't just cover eight in the box and only stack it against the counter bash concepts that there were. He really set the tone there and it was, and uh, that was, that was clutch. Austin Hooper, another touchdown, 35 7 uh, Cleveland. 35 what? 35 7 Cleveland, Austin Hooper, touchdown. Good night. Right, but literally right before the half, too. So I think. Is Rudolph going to be in at half, for God's sake? Probably. Just throwing helmets around and, and wearing, all wearing vineyard vines and asking, who do you know here? And do you know my dad? Is Juju going to get cut by half for doing enough TikTok dances or what? <laughs> After uh, the same old Browns. The, these are the Browns we play year in and year out. I'm 23 years old. I've played the Browns five times in my life, but I've been playing them for 40 years. I know this Browns team. Yikes. A clown. Tough, tough. As Jake would say, mega tough scene. M. Dern, doesn't Gus need to have more carries? How do you guys feel about Gus Edwards' usage today? He's a total, like... His blocking, by the way, I'll, I'll chip in off the top. His blocking was out of fucking control today. He, late in the game, late in, the, like, the third quarter, Lamar is, I think, a read option, maybe, or just a keeper, and Gus Edwards gets out ahead of it. His 
Overall development has been outstanding and blocking is a huge part of it. A huge part of it. Three huge blocks today. But he's, go on, Jake. Yeah, like he's a total like situational guy too. I feel like if they feel like they need him, they can ride him. But like in a game like today, like it was we need three, four yards out of you here, he's gonna get you three, four yards, and like that's it. And like good in the blocking game. And what's interesting is that I'm sure you'll see this when you rewatch the game for all twenty two, but the Titans were keying on Lamar hard. They did not want him keeping the ball and uh, doing his sort of power up the gut type deal, especially early in the game. They actually, that started to work late, and that's kind of low-key what won them the game. But About three minutes left in the uh, third quarter, third down, the Ravens run a counter bash. Yeah. Lamar keeps the ball, gets dropped two yards in the backfield on a, on what was should have been a give read. Not sure if there's a read there, but that was a, a huge play, as you said. Yeah, exactly. And like they were, they were really keying on Lamar, and I think uh, Gus kind of gets going when Lamar is able to get going. So Lamar kind of being contained – Hurt him a little bit in that respect, but uh, that's why you have J.K. Dobbins. That's why you use a second-round pick on J.K. Dobbins. I am sorry if you disliked that draft pick, but... Sorry for party rock. And moving on, Glassy Fresh asks, why does Elliot hit so hard? He was fucking born that way. Hitters are born, man. I swear to God. There are some, uh, like, there are some traits that players have that you just cannot teach and like that is why you draft a guy and like being a big hitter especially in the fashion that he is where he's not a massive guy but he's just got insane speed and just throws himself around like an absolute ragdoll yeah instincts can't teach it can't teach it he was built to run through walls he was built to come downhill and annihilate dudes it is in his dna it's in his blood you're born that way those are the kids you Freaking play! You see kids in pee wee football that are born that way. You see kids at all levels that are born that way. Like you said, Jake, not the biggest guy, but pound for pound, fucking hits. Ryan Clark tweeted about him again. I think that's a good comparison as a player. Ryan Clark probably a touch slower than Elliot, just overall like linear speed. He hits like freaking Bernard Pollard or any of those old like Dewan Landry, like he comes downhill. He reminds me of a classic Ravens player. We were talking, we were, you know, love, you want to talk about a, a guy who deserves the better call Saul meme. Deshaun Elliott simply so built he, different. My, your honor, your honor, your honor, different. My client, your honor. Deshaun Elliott is simply built different. Indeed. Simply built different. Moving on. Enjoy slurms. Our boy. Twisted T smacked off of this Titan win at the end there. <laughs> that was <laughs> guys. Need a Jake Arby's update tonight. Jake, how was Arby's? You got a pregame. We needed that. That was the kind of freaking roast beef we need to get this game going. How was your beef and chatter? It was. I well, I just went straight beef, double meat. Um, Ooh. got some, got the curly fries and the large sprite. Just kept it classic today. Didn't want to get too crazy, but uh, playoff Arby's is going to be a little tradition here. I think. Wait, wait, wait. Arby's. No Jamocha shake. No, no, I, I just I kept it classic. I wanted to keep Either it between sprite, keep it crispy sprite. Keep, yeah, crispy sprite like the the iPhone charger just plugging into you and you're just fucking ready to rock. And that's right. listen. When I'm in sober January, I need something to give me give me a real ride. And that's what that was. How much how much horsey sauce or Arby's sauce do you throw on your stuff? Uh, usually I, I keep it. I don't, I don't go too crazy. I didn't uh, do any today. I get fucking lost in the sauce well, <laughs> arby's, i think arby's like arby's kind of stands on its own though like you don't need it like their stuff is really good and it enhances it but you don't always need to do that and i'm also kind of trying to watch the weight a little bit too so hell yeah 
Fuck that. Which is Ar- funny I, because I, I'm going I, to I, Arby's, but I get, I get, I'm not kidding, guys. When I say like I, I'm like Meek Mill. I get lost in the sauce when when I'm at Arby's. Like just, I'm below. I'm the, I've been consistently in the horsey sauce and the Arby's sauce. It's it's a mess. This past year, this past it. year, I've been consistently below like 200 for probably the first time since I started like drinking consistently. So like, <laughs> if I feel like if I like slather something with like Arby's sauce, that's gonna put me over the line just by itself. Love it. <laughs> Love to hear it. Arby's, we need it. Unofficial sponsor. B Rose 931. Are the Bills a more favorable matchup for the Ravens than the Chiefs? Hmm. You want to say yeah, but I feel like Josh Allen's fucking playing better than Patrick Mahomes. Yes, but I just feel like he is, but I just feel like Mahomes just has an on button. I don't know why. It feels like a hot take, but it's not. I think that's pretty accurate. It it is. He has played better. Mahomes' ceiling is just 17 touchdowns on 20 throws. Josh, Josh has played better than him. Like, there's no doubt about that. But, like, if I had to pick one guy in one game, especially an important game, like, we're going to see what happens. I would take Mahomes. Yeah. And the Chiefs have been there. I want there. They also own the Ravens' ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you talk about the psychological factor of it, yada, yada. People like to buy into that narrative. The Chiefs have that, if anyone does. But I just think Josh Allen is simply built different right now, Your Honor. Moving on. Hey, huge win, boys. Adam Jones, 357, the five-time gold glover, says, hype on a scale of 1 to 10. How hype are you guys? Also, get hype for KC. I want them. Hype on a scale of 1 to 10? Fucking 10, man. Fucking 10. 10, 10, 10. I'm hyped. 10, throw up the X, 10. Throw up the X. Throw up two Xs, five Xs, 10 Xs, 10 bands, 20 bands, 100 bands. Fuck it, man. This was amazing. This was a great day. This was a great day. And it wasn't the Super Bowl, but... The monkey is off. They're back. Lamar Jackson runs a 50-yard touchdown and then says, fuck are y'all talking about? Literally. Looks at the camera and says, fuck are y'all talking about? We were a game away Not from him getting compared to Andy Dalton. Like, we just all need to sit down and recognize that fact. It was going to happen if they had lost this game. Yeah, he's going down the uh, the 0-3. You know, is he the franchise guy? Shout out to a uh, friend of the program, Jeff Schwartz. We know you're listening, you fuck. Yeah, spell your name right, you fuck. G off. <laughs> Gof Schwartz, fuck you. Job. Kogi Barra might have chimed in here a couple times. He always does. I'm going to rattle his off three in a row. So get your plates ready, boys. We're coming in hot. How about the line play on both sides of the ball? My MVP of this game next to Lamar. He also says, what do y'all think about that call against Sneed? And he caps it off with, so glad guys like Ryan Clark can drop the Lamar can't win big games narrative. So again, he talks about the O-line. What do you guys think about the call against Snead and the narrative that people talked about Lamar not being able to win games? Kyle, how do you feel about uh, that Snead call? How does that call make you feel? How does that call make you feel? I was frustrated by it. I mean, just like we said, you call either both of them or neither of them. You don't get to call one and one of each. Uh, that's what I'm pissed off about. That's what I was frustrated about. That's all we asked for. That was done. Yep. That's all we asked for. Jake, how do you feel? Who's your MVP? Not Lamar Jackson. You can include a group, a player, a coach, whatever the hell you want. I love uh, your MVP, so I'm going to keep talking for about five more seconds. I'm stalling right now because I want you to have a great MVP because I trust you to have the best MVP right now. You can do this, Jake. We believe in you. We believe in you, and I'm going to stop talking in three, two, one. I'm going to go with the front seven, just Ooh. in general. Just every player on the front seven, they did their job. They knuckled up, and like the whole thing about – and it's it proved itself, I think, valid a little bit early on with A.J. Brown starting to uh, – 
make some plays, but they went into the the game with the idea that we're going to stop Derrick Henry, and uh, you know they went out there and they executed it. Patrick Queen, a guy who people were pointing at as a guy who needed to have a big game, I think he did, and uh, you know I think I think I just saw you tweeting that his best game since LSU. I you know full disclosure, I haven't seen the A twenty two or anything like that yet, so we'll see what uh, you know people's opinions on that, you know, kind of develop, but quarterback hit in the red zone, huge quarterback hit in the red zone comes off the edge delays that. Yeah. That move, that move was flips it to Henry. And then the play is blown up. That move was filthy. He just left Eric Henry in the dust. And yeah, he had, he had an awesome game. Pernell McPhee just playing with his fucking hair on fire. Like the guy just, I, I don't know what it is, but he just loves football and he loves playing for the Ravens. And I was on full display today. Derek Wolf and Clay's Campbell, Brandon Williams, all these guys, this is what you, like you mentioned, Kyle, this is what you build this roster for, and they went out and executed it. And I think it was like there was a lot of angst about the stylistic nature of like not getting all these flashy wide receivers and not doubling down on the secondary and cutting Earl Thomas and like at Voss, I'm sorry, but like there was a lot of angst about that. And I think at least at the very least for this game, I think it bared itself to be a good strategy. So the front Mine side is Marquise Brown. Uh, he, that's another, yeah, another good, he made plays. I like the front seven, but he took this game and ran with it. Literally. I, this sparks a question that I, I have. Is he not healthy still, man? Like he didn't play like that once this season. And he played like that in the postseason last year. Is he saving it? Is, is there some, is there a switch turn on who the fuck knows? I don't have an answer to it. Starts. Really, like in the season, it feels like he does not want to get contacted. You know, he's always the guy to to jump out of bounds. We did not see that. I think these last four weeks, I think that like he's just now getting healthy. He stiff armed the dog shit out of a freaking Bengals corner last week. Yeah, yeah, he stiff armed in the Bengals game. He took a shoulder hit in like either the Cowboys or Giants game, I believe. Like he would like le- he like leaned into it. You know, took the took the contact. I feel like he's finally getting comfortable with uh, the physicality plays and the physicality of the NFL. And I think, you know, as a guy, like he's smaller than any of us to be quite frank. And like, yeah, like, like we would still shy away from contact. Don't get me wrong on that. But like he's in the NFL, he's smaller than us. He's faster. And he understands his best availability is being healthy and being able to play. So like, why should a guy that's smaller than nearly everybody in the NFL take a huge hit or try to make a huge hit? you know, to gain the extra ground when like him living to, you know, play another snap makes the most snap most sense for him in a business sense in the long term and for the franchise. You don't want to be out like him being out four or five games because he tried to lower the shoulder on Harold Landry or Kevin Byard makes no sense when he right. would rather be on the field against the Bills next week. You know what I he did is he well read said. that uh, that corny uh, white girl book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, but the fuck is actually blurred out because they want to yeah. they want to be able to be in Barnes and Noble. But he read that yeah. and he doesn't give a fuck anymore. He got out of his own head. Zero. That was all it was. It was a mental mental hiccup, I think. And I think he zero got fucks were given. B Rose chimes in as well. I loved Chris Long when he was with the Eagles, but he can get fucked for rooting <laughs> for the Titans this year. B Rose nine thirty one. We freaking love you, man. Uh, Shout out B Rose, dude. He's a uh, he's been in this Twitch streams too. Um, he's our boy. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a big long Twitch time guy. listener. Yeah. Same with Wookie Nookies, by the way. Wookie Nookies is in there too. Rookie yeah, Nookies, that's our guy. Whitehead Will, who on the defense and offense impressed you the most? I'm going to take myself. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson out of this. I'm going to take Hollywood Brown out of this, and uh, I'm going to take Pernell McPhee out of this as well. And I want you guys to tell me who impressed you the most, Kyle. Who impressed you on each side of the ball? Impress me, man. If you're going to take away the man that is Pernell McPhee, 
I think you got to go with uh, Deshaun Elliott on defense, just making the stops that were necessary. Um, and on offense, if you're going to take away Hollywood and Lamar, um, to my knowledge, I think Bradley Bozeman had a pretty good game. Um, I didn't get to see every snap. I didn't ISO cam him my entire time. But, you know, even the even the cast, you know, the broadcast was giving him some uh, positivity. They said, you know, nobody pulls more than him. And I was on, you know, Ken McCusick's film study, and we talked about how he pulls like 22 times a game at one point. You know, he's he's a man possessed. I think he has some pretty decent blocking. Um, so I'm going to give it to those guys if you're going to if you're going to ixnay uh, the main playmakers that we've already discussed. That makes sense. I do want to you got yeah I do want to point out two guys that didn't have massive involvement, but their involvement proved to be massive, however limited. And that is Pat Ricard on offense, obviously with the thank you the drive to uh, kind of get them going in the second half. And uh, you know, obviously it's kind of a meme, but also made a massive contribution to this game, basically setting them up for that first scoring drive out of the locker room. And then it's Marcus Peters, like. The guy, like, yep. that's what he's there to do. Like, he's there yep. to talk a bunch of shit and, like, wear his socks too low and, like, just jaw and, like, do his whole thing and have the announcers talk about how he's not good and then make a play at the end, and that is exactly what he did. In their fucking grills. That sums it up for Instagram. We appreciate you guys. This was a massive win. Uh, we'll have the mailbags back up. As usual, hopefully the Ravens keep on rolling. I'm going to keep wearing this freaking tie-dye hat and uh, I'm not going to cut my hair, shave my face. And people are going to keep asking me why I haven't shaved and why I look like a fucking psychopath. And hopefully we keep getting more mailbags, but love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And let's get the rest of them from Jakey boy. We do have a ton from Twitter as well. Might have to kind of fly to them as we're well over that hour mark, but let me get back to the front here. Uh, so first one coming in from our guy, Jordan, I think it's a good one. He always brings good questions. Uh, did you feel more stressed about this than the Super Bowl? I honestly feel like I did. At least the Super Bowl, if they lost, we could still hang our hat on the Brady-Manning sweep. I was pretty stressed for the Super Bowl, but that whole playoff run, I kind of had a little bit of a fuck it mentality, kind of like weirdly where I'm at right now with just the house money thing. And going into that game, I was so weirdly confident in Flacco I had never been. This game, I was really fucking nervous. I didn't want to have to go into an offseason with 365 days of, like I said, maybe Andy Dalton comparisons, all this kind of shit about can't win a playoff game. I didn't want to have to deal with it again, and they don't. So I was probably, I don't know if I would say more, but it's pretty fucking close. That's not easy to do. For a wild card game, 100%. This is the most pressure that could be on in a wild card game. Yeah, completely agree. You were nervous because you didn't want to deal with like the the uh, ulterior motives of the Lamar Jackson can't win a playoff game comments. You didn't want to hear it anymore. You didn't want to deal with another, oh, the Ravens have a failed season, like, I, I did. I really did not want to deal with it. Like that's what it, that's what kept me up last night. Like I couldn't fall asleep, and I was like, "It's as I much really relief." Like it. we're talking about how jubilant we are and how happy we are that we got this win, but it's as much relief for those reasons yeah. as it is like joy. Completely and totally. I just, I truly was laying up. I was like, "Dude, if I have to deal with another like three four months of just like the Ravens can't win in the playoffs, I'm I'm gonna fucking lose it, man." I didn't want to deal with that, so I'm like you said, relieved. And uh, jubilant from the uh, from the victory today. I have a quick clip. I have a quick clip. Clash, I saw you barking at those guys during pregame warmups. You played with emotion. You held Derrick Henry to forty yards rushing. How did you dominate this game on D? We played good team ball. Good team ball. Everybody did their job as best they could do it. We played with heart and emotion. We knew it was gonna be a tough matchup. He's a he's king. He's a beast. Two thousand yards. But today we want to run the ball. We want to run the ball. 
You guys said all the right things all week about what happened back in November, the logo thing. Peters picks off that ball. It was a group picture on the logo. What went into that? Hey, man, I was just following my teammates. I had no idea what was happening. Come on, man. You've been around long enough. You know I didn't know what was happening until I got there. But then, I mean, respect is earned. Respect is earned. His respect voice. is fucking earned. Ray Lewis said that a thousand times. I'm watching Showtime. I'm watching Inside the NFL. That's all he said. That's all he says. Every interview, respect is not given. Respect is earned. Clayus Campbell, mm, talking that shit, talking that shit. We have not seen him. He's been such an upstanding citizen. He has not been the shit talker. He's been the the humble, noble, wise man. He's a statesman. Veteran. He's an elderly statesman. The elderly statesman, the politician, the president, whatever you want to call him. Been so noble, but today he was he was a bad mother. The, the dog got out of the cage. I don't know who let it go. I think he was frustrated from having COVID and not playing maybe up to his standard the last couple of weeks, but the 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 beast got out of the cave. and it He understood. He knows why the Ravens brought him here. They told him, why we brought you here to stop this, and he did. He stepped up. He was an X factor. He contributed to that, and of course, Pernell McPhee was a huge part. Jihad Ward was a huge activation and a huge part of the game plan. You think of a shout out to Wink for that, to recognize that, you know, Jalen Ferguson, a guy who's shown a lot of upside, but really struggled to defend uh, boots. He's been vulnerable to giving up the edge, things like that. You stick Jihad Ward in the game. I want to say he played 30 snaps in this game. Played a little volleyball with Tan Hill, which was sick. Played a little volleyball, had a huge couple plays crashing inside, and the Ravens dominated the point of attack. Uh, they bring Clay's Campbell in and he gets the fucking job done. So that was a fun little clip I was watching. But continue. Speaking of clips, I, before we move, speaking of clips, if Chad Steele does not release that fucking tape of John Harbaugh dancing in the locker room, I am going to no. Let that mind. let that die. Let John have that one. Let the, let that. Know. It's been it's been too long since we've had a good lock a Harbaugh locker room video though. That's I need that. True. I need that. El Beardo. I'm going to see if I can't get it. I'm going to see if I can't get it on background. Forty one million dollars. Okay. $41 million for Ben next year. Okay. That's not good. Uh, El Beardo, who would you rather face next week, Chiefs or Bills? I think we're in agreement on the Bills. Uh, Ryan, and it's probably going to happen. Ryan, we've seen before that getting the monkey off your back can fuel deep runs for other teams. Do you think this can propel the Ravens to an AFC championship game or even a Super Bowl appearance, or, they, or are they still a year or so away? I think they're probably a year away, but, I mean, if like, like we keep saying, how money. winning like, a Super Bowl, I think they're a year away. You're playing with house money, though, so we'll see what happens. Uh, my take on this is uh, I, I bring a lot of hockey um, analysis involved in this and metaphors. Like talking puck. Ove Alexander Ovechkin couldn't get past the second round. He constantly – he's one of the greatest players of all time, one of the you know best goal scorers, if not ever. Um, and he couldn't get past the second round. The Caps could never do it. They always ran into somebody that got fucking hot. And then all of a sudden, they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in seven in overtime – and they faced the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Lightning were so dominant. They were the number one team that year. You know, they were they were just mathematically, they were just better in every phase of the game. And what does Ovechkin do after finally breaking through that threshold? You know, after finally getting the monkey off his back, that dude was ripping shots and scoring goals and taking it out on the, like, taking out a decade of not getting into the third round of the playoffs out on them in a single series. And even uh, even their head coach John Cooper of the Lightning was like, "Yeah, you can see like he's taking it out on all, like all the frustrations of never being here before. He's finally just destroying us with it now. Like he, he admitted, like you can clearly see this has been what he's wanted to do for all these years. And now that he's got the opportunity, he's not he's making absolutely the most of it. And this is something that the Ravens could do. Like Jackson, after dealing with 
two full years of like, oh, he can't win in the playoffs and he's not a, he's just a running back and this team can't get it done. They can't come back from leads. Like, you guys want to see us do it? Like, you asked for it. Here the fuck it is. You're not going to like it when it's against your team. Like, this can definitely fuel a deep run. Yeah, I mean, that's a great comparison. You can also, a lot of people have thrown around not even in this game, but before this game, the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. You know, it's crazier things. Uh, Chris Lehman, Ravens defense to quote unquote King Henry. And uh, it's a meme of Michael B. Jordan and Black Panther saying, is this your king? What a win, though. Glad we got to experience that. Thought Hollywood had his best game and they played really well after the first quarter. Bring on the divisional round. I agree. Menachem Gerstman, uh, what happened at the end of the first half? Bad play calls, not taking a timeout after Hollywood catches at midfield, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that was just weird. I think think they called two there and wanted to roll with it. And Lamar, uh, I mean, JK should have smacked it in the dirt. Lamar should have just fucking thrown it over someone's head out of bounds. Bad. That's why they can't win a Super Bowl still. Yeah, it feels like. Poor poor execution. They're not operating at that full precision efficiency and, and situational football is not executed to maximum potential. And that's uh, a, a, a bad point in this game. That's a good point out. Uh, you know, we, we like to be objective and talk about the good, talk about the bad. And that was a bad part for sure. Yeah, it was. Um, hops. Thoughts on the secondary and how they will fare versus Chiefs slash Bills wide receiver core. I, I think like they'll fuck the Bills wide receivers up. We can, and we can basically, it's 35 to 10. The Browns are driving. We It's going to be the Bills. Like, it's the Bills. And I think that they're, I think that Marlon Humphrey matches up with Stefan Diggs really well, really, really, really well. Uh, Marcus Peters is going to lurk around. And then Jimmy Smith, I mean, they've got Cole Beasley who somehow gets all pro votes because Peter King was like, I'm voting for a slot receiver. CD <laughs> <laughs> um, Lamb had more slot receiving yards this year than anyone has had in the last three years combined. He had more in 2020 than any slot receiver had. Since 2017, but CD Lamb's not your vote. Okay, Peter. Anyway, uh, I think that the Ravens match up really well with them. I don't think that they can really scorch the Ravens that way. I think that Josh Allen can extend plays and hurt the Ravens uh, pass rush, who sometimes can be can struggle to finish, can can struggle to finish. And Josh Allen's playing a really calm brand of football. Uh, I think that's a really tough matchup for the Bills. The Ravens are healthy. They're playing physical. I think they can out-physical the, the Bills. Can they, you know, not have any blown coverages? Are you going to really stick Stephon Diggs and try and take him out of this game? We'll see. But I like the Ravens matchup with the Bills. Bills, offense. Yeah, Bills offense was also a little lucky to even be moving the ball against the Colts defense the way they were last week. And I think the Colts defense and the Ravens defense are a good sort of quality uh, one-to-one. Top to bottom, they have they have the, you know, Three levels of, of quality defense. Tony Rhodes, did we need this win or what? Regardless how it ends, this will always be remembered. It will. Uh, Boiler Trainer, did Dez do himself a major disservice today? I love the guy, but the penalty retaliating to Butler had me concerned. We need him to impact the game for sure, but not by getting baited into a response. So my reaction to this on Twitter, I don't know how you guys felt, but like Malcolm Butler's a chippy little B-word, and like you gotta you gotta squash him a little bit. And like Des probably didn't fully squash him like like you maybe would want to, but like that might have gotten him ejected if he went too far. So you, you gotta let him know that like you, you can't do that here, man. Like I'm not gonna like let you just get up in my grill. And like <laughs> I was just such like as much as it may have may or may not have cost them, like that moment was like 
Malcolm Butler getting in Dez's face and be, just being a little gnat, buzzing his tower, Dez retaliating for one second, and then Butler whining to the refs. That says all you need to say about that matchup, and I, I've got Dez's back on that one. Agree. Completely agree. JK, no LOL. Quote from Lamar Jackson. Um, we didn't see what went on before the game last time. Later, we saw that they were standing on our logo and getting into it with our coach. That was just You guys should see Jihad Ward's uh, Twitter picture, too. I think oh, I it's great. Him just walking out, throwing up the double birds, and uh, the, the caption is just a, a bird. Okay. And, uh, fuck Tennessee, in the words of Brian Billick. Okay, I'm pulling Eat this up. your heart up. out, Tennessee. I'm pulling this up. Give me one second. Um, but so we – Lamar <laughs> Lamar Jackson, we didn't see – oh, I think he might have already changed his picture back. Or did he put it up? Yeah, okay, I see it. Pull down. I got it, I got it. Um, so doing like a million things at once here. Let me pull this over. This is truly tremendous radio by your boy. Great production on my part. Hottie. It's kind of a sick name, honestly. Hottie. Mm-hmm. Um, Double birds, buddy. Anyone watching on YouTube... Um, <laughs> That's Jihad Ward just throwing up double deuces to uh, the the great city of Nashville. Uh, You'll love it. Nice piece of humble pie that they got to eat today. Um, but JK, no LOL. We didn't see what went on before the game last time. Later we saw that they were standing on our logo and getting into it with our coach. That was disrespectful because we treat all our opponents with, with respect. There wasn't any reason to shake hands. So that's kind of the genesis of the Lamar not shaking hands thing, which I thought was kind of a little jarring in the moment. He just kind of took the knee and he just sprinted off the field. Like, like all right, we're done. We're out. Let's get on the but plane. Not, but not, though, because no, then he turned around. Down the plane. Yeah, and then he turned around in the tunnel and he like was slapping hands with everybody. And they're, a great job by the telecast getting up in there and kind of showing him doing I thought it was really good TV. Um, Aaron Kassinitz, our boy. Ravens Lamar Jackson says his team didn't like the Titans stomping on the logo and getting into it with John Harbaugh in November while the team was in the locker room. LJ says they treat every other opponent with respect, but today, quote, there wasn't a reason for us to shake hands. Yep. Joe Anthony came from behind and won a playoff game. What's left for people to hate? Lamar on winning ring. His development has been amazing, and people are going to regret regret not appreciating his style of play. Yeah, in 15 years, like everyone's gonna be like, "Oh man, Lamar Jackson was so cool, like playing with him on the video games." But like right now, he's getting a ton of hate. Um, ben Walks just says "fuck Rabel" like that. Uh, <laughs> some Our boy, yeah, some clown named uh, MDLSH2 says, "I have a curse going with my roommates. Anytime I get negative, we win. So now I do it on purpose. I also have to wear Raven socks, take my hat off on offense, and take a shot when we score. Is it stupid if it works?" Kind of yeah, reminds me of I, the. Uh, I, had a, I had a handshake routine going on. I had a, I had a fist bump, a high five, and then another fist bump going on when good things started happening. I am as stitious as you can be, super. He's a pre. He's approaching Patrick Bateman territory, telling us his routine. Uh, e Chang, narrative, <laughs> narrative colon Titans can eat their own shit. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Are you screen any of these questions? Or are you just gonna pop them off like this? <laughs> I uh, listen. This is this is a listener based show. First Amendment. Yeah, exactly. This it would be Orwellian if I didn't read these off, Kyle. Dude, yeah, um, no Orwellian. And <laughs> Kyle, what is this? Nineteen eighty four. Have you read Animal Form? Uh, Anton Beckerman. 
the straight-up QB rush attempts do not work. There were too many of those this game. Why is GR going away from the RPO schemes that have worked all season? There, well, there wasn't really, like, QB rush attempts. There was, like, uh, options. What, you, what, are you talk, uh, what is he fucking talking about? In the final drive, Lamar had two gigantic runs to seal the game on those. Yeah, it, so, like, it doesn't work until it does, which it did late in the game, and that sealed the game for them, so... Matthew T. Bunting. So what narratives did Lamar and the Ravens put to rest today? Big trust, boys. I think he put them all to rest. I think his career is kind of at a nice reset point here, and he can just He'll kind never of... never win a Super Bowl is the only one that remains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Wookie Nookies. How y'all feel about the logo sitting and leaving the field ASAP? I loved it. F them Titans. I think we're in agreement that we all like that. Loved it. Support it. Go buy the T-shirt. Stomp the logo. Stomp the logo. Stomp the stomp the yard. Uh, Tony Fer Tony Ferrari. Uh, Marcus. Holy shit, we have so many comments. Yeah, the, there's yeah, there's a lot on Twitter here too. I'm trying to fly through them. Uh, Tony says Marcus Peters gets the INT and then the taunting penalty. I'm of the opinion that with a guy like Peters, you might have to let him do some of that stuff because he thrives on emotional play. It seems. Hundred percent. Yeah. Does this help him build up for a big postseason? I think so for sure. It feels like he makes plays in bunches. He is a guy who could be an MVP of a Super Bowl. Yeah, just like some random like pick six and then pick six and a forced fumble yeah. and like five tackles and it, the game is nineteen to sixteen and he's the MVP. I could see Marcus Peters being a Super Bowl MVP at some point. Yep. Uh, Corey, we smoking that Titan pack? Yes, we are. Controller, if we face the Chiefs, any signs of a less blitz happy approach? Mahomes feasts on the blitz. I have no idea. Hundred percent. They. I don't think they relied on the blitz a ton today. Uh, they got Yannick, and they still blitz. In my in my fucking face, they blitz a lot less. Okay. Oh, excuse me. So sorry. But yeah, no, I, I think uh, that's what they got Yannick and Gakwe for, so they could rush four. You know, that's uh, that's why they picked him up. They went uh, after that Chiefs game and Campbell, after a few Campbell more. helps them beat the Titans, and Gakwe, they want to beat the Chiefs. Bingo. Seth Gutman gives so much credit to Hollywood for turning it on when he's needed the most. Also, holy Amen. cow, did Wink have the boys ready to go? 2.2 YPC is absurd. How does nobody want to interview with this guy? I agree. Uh, and he also has the uh, Kevin from the office. It's just nice to win one gift, which is a good, nice little touch. Nice. Um, he follows up with, what do you guys think of the decision to go for the kill instead of the chip shot field goal at 17-13? I was begging for a timeout, but they did convert it to Dobbins before that atrocious OPI call wiped it out. I loved that call Gutsy. in the moment. I, I don't know if I'd say I loved it. Like I was Harbaugh just, and Lamar were on the same page. I just knew they – Last week, too. I knew they were going to do it, and my dad was like – Lamar gave a quick – Yeah, and Harbaugh was like freaking out. Like, what are, what, are you, what are we doing? Like, do it if you want. And my dad was like freaking out. I was just sitting there emotionless, and I, I just I, – I could feel it deep deep in my loins that they were going to convert it. In my plums. I could feel it. You were like a truffle um, big. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was sniffing it out. I, I could definitely tell. Um, but fuck the refs. Uh, Jason Allen on a scale of not a big game to a big game. How not a big game was this? Will the Lamar narrative not a big game? It's not a big deal. It's not a big game. Will the Lamar narrative vampires stay in their crypts tomorrow? Bonus pod points if you can explain WTF that end of first half holding punt shit was about. Plenty of Project Pat shouts. Ooh, I have not looked at that, and I don't even feel like it because they won. Yeah, we'll we'll figure that out at some point. Uh, Bang Shiz, why do you think the Ravens try to become a passing team in the first half and then back to our normal offense in the second half? Yeah, the opening of the game was weird kind of felt like same old playoff Ravens type deal where they get out of their uh they get out of the you know what works well for them but they settled in um Jasp 
Harbs described Wolf as one of the best leaders he's ever had. I don't have a question, but Wolf has been awesome and deserves recognition. Yes, he does. Raven's burner, mustard pants. Did Hollywood just have more yards than A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf? Yes, he did. Now that you put it like that, I like that. Uh, Julian, um, what will haters hate on now? It seems the football doesn't throw for 300. Uh, The defense carried him in the game. Uh, He, uh, young savage, why you trapped so hard? Why you got a 12-car garage? He, yeah, it's, I saw a bunch of clowns hopping into my mentions about him being classless, running off the field and stuff. He could eat all the shit and just, Shut the imagine, fuck up. Imagine playing the Titans and talking about class. Yeah, like that's that was the funniest part. I was just throwing it in their yeah, face and they were like, well, I'm not yeah. actually a Titans fan. I just care about sportsmanship. It's like, oh, sick, dude. Well, enjoy being the fucking sportsmanship <laughs> police wearing your fucking Rob Lowe NFL hat. Like sportsmanship in NFL playoff games. Yeah, like he pisses me off. We now go to our fucking Mike Pereira of sportsmanship. What did you see on that one, Mike? Uh, Skeptigo. <laughs> Uh, I actually think that Lamar could have been a little bit uh, nicer. The thing is, you know, the th- and he's like sitting back in the champagne room. Like the thing is, guys, he runs right off the field, and you know, he doesn't take the time well, to shake. Could that. be considered poor sportsmanship, especially in the late nineties. The guys used to shake hands. Uh, they just they hand the ball to the referee, and they act like oh, they've Tom been there Brady before. Does it. It's an even bigger deal. Does he want COVID because he's old? <laughs> I don't know. Back to you. Uh, Skeptigoat, any chance Curse gets called up for next week to add DB depth? What do you think? Possible. We shall see. I think no. I think they're just fucking happy with that defense. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, John Smith says, y'all better give Marcus Peters his props. Just literally said he could win a Super Bowl MVP. Bingo, bingo, boom. Next question. My guy. Christian says, depending on time of recording, but who would you rather play in the next round? Bills, and it's going to be the Bills, it looks like here. Uh, well, don't look now, but the uh, Steelers are uh, clawing their way back, thirty-five to sixteen. Wow, sick. <laughs> um, Shane's Shane that Spicer. Would be so Browns, that'd be so Browns. Yeah, actually, no, I think about it. So Shane Spicer was the guy who kind of came at RDT's neck a little bit with the Elliott hit. He follows up with need to know from RDT what color Elliott jersey I'm getting. Made a stop on third today. That White. was top shelf. White. That stuff. Yeah, get go go championship white. I like that. That's all we had from Twitter, gentlemen. If you'd like to jump into these YouTubes real quick. What do we got here? What do we got? Ebron with a touchdown, 35-17. Don't look now, but the Steelers are digging their way out. That's kind of hot. Malcolm Butler is the Zach Taylor of cornerback. That's a good call, <laughs> actually. Oh, God. What else we got? Fruitvale Station is excellent, and MBG is a, in a main role. That yeah, somebody came movie. at somebody came at him a little bit at Michael B. Jordan. So uh, I, I admittedly have not seen a ton of Michael B. Jordan stuff. I've been meaning to watch Creed forever. He's good. Um, He's good. Yeah, I've, you know, I like his dad. Andrew Sakara, I'm so glad the Ravens beat these turds. Turds is a great word that isn't used. It's just an underused, Uh, yeah. They derailed Henry and showed the world who the real Tannehill is. Kind of, but like, they were on a different level. I think Tannehill still is... uh, He's going to be fine. Impressive specimen. God, I can't talk. He's going to be fine. Garnett says, rise. The Dark Knight rises voice. That's that Ray Lewis video. We love that shit, Garnett. The Browns game is wild. Yes. Was- the Browns game, very wild. The Browns game. Baker Mayfield taking the field. We made progressive videos in the stadium together for Hulu. The fire rises. Hulu has live sports. 
Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break your back. God mode today. Yes, he did. Spenny, stop tweeting. Eat my fucking ass. Whoa. Uh, Big Chula. Lamar cannot throw, but he played better after that INT. Do y'all think y'all need Ingram? I'm not answering any of that. Shut the fuck up. Tony Ferrari. Marcus Peters is my hero. Jay Birch. I was cooking dinner. What's good? Jay, I want to know what you made. If you're still here, give us the comments. It says, how are the Steelers doing? L-O-L. J.E. Wong rattles in. Just came to drop a boober bomb. Kyle loves you. Let's go. WTF. The Steelers are getting blown out by the Browns. I want someone to do a how it started, how's it going meme with the 11-0 Steelers. <laughs> and, well, but you have to do the Chase Claypool losing, never heard of her, now deleted tweet. Somewhere. Just not even be, like, he was supposed to be like, they were like, he might break all Randy Moss's records. This guy's fucking sick, dude. And never hears from again. Did you see his TikTok after they like lost like three straight? <laughs> no, I no, I didn't. It, see his it was TikTok. absolutely gold. I don't know if you guys do TikTok. Oh no, I think I did see that. Yeah, it's like it's the Kanye meme where it's like, "Good morning, Kanye, shut the f- up." And it's like he he opens the door like it's silent in the room, and like he opens his bedroom door and he like looks around. He's like. Good morning, Kanye. And it's just like NFL fans, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like much. yelling back at him. And I was like, that's a way to take it like head on. Like, it's better than it's still. better than uh our 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 friend Juju, who's not handled his PR issues this year, particularly. Juju and A B having strikingly similar career paths. Maybe he ends up in top. Oh, Jay, Jay Burrish responded to your uh, asking the you question. Fusili Primavera. Oh Jay, you what'd you cook? Ooh, Fusilli Primavera. That sounds delicious. <laughs> what else we got here? We got Ben Rose. If you want to get annoyed beyond belief, listen to Chris Long's podcast about the most <laughs> likable AFC teams. When he gets to the Ravens, his knowledge of the team and culture history is so little, just like his dick. Why, why Chris Long? I like Chris Long. Chris Long. Wookie Nookies. Is Spencer using a new mic? Sounds crispy. No, I'm just in a perpetual state of recording in different locations. I upgraded my fucking Wi-Fi. I pay a shitload of money. And whenever I record here, I sound great. And then I end up recording other places and wanting to punch myself in the head. I actually have bloody knuckles because I had a technological meltdown on the last episode. Went went full Kyle. My iPad, which is why it sounded like shit. And I apologize to everyone, including Jake. This could happen to you. <laughs> I may or may not have punched a hole in the door. That, vo- that voice, le- voice leveler, leveler on audition is fucking clutch, though. I will say that. So I think Let's it sounded go. good. Pat's Nation commentary. Hello. Congrats on the win. Even though I'm not a Ravens fan, I'm still happy you guys won today. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Kanye. Uh, oh, he wants 100 subs. Yeah, well, why don't you fucking order a cheesesteak? Andrew Sadeka, glad they beat the turds. I already read that. What else we got? I think that's uh, J.E. Wong talking a bunch. Kenneth Jung. The Steelers just killed Fetty Wap, and I am crushed. I don't know what that means, but I love it. Ian Miller, what adjustments did Roman make in the run game to counter the Titans' early success, or was it just the pass game opening it up? I want to say that in that regard, they were running zone concepts. The Titans' number one best aspect of their defense over the last two years is their ability to defend zone run concepts. Jeffrey Simmons, one of the best defenders against zone run concepts in the NFL, moving in one-on-ones. He's able to stay square. He's really explosive. He has good snap anticipation, all that shit. Beat those up. Beat the kitty up. And they just started... Uh, I think Lamar just started making better decisions. I'm, it's always tough, especially watching live. A lot of these options look like options, but they're actually just keeps. Sometimes there's no read defender. And I want to say about half the time there's no read defender. But if there was, Lamar is making good decisions. 
And, uh, you know, a couple early give reads he kept, got stuffed. You're thinking, fucking God damn it, this is a nightmare again. But no, he ends up giving the ball up and uh, making the right read later in the game. And those two runs late, I believe on the final drive, the one where he finally slides down and then points at Kevin Byard, which was underrated, hilarious. Uh, underrated all-time all-time moment. Sick. Those were awesome. Patience and acceleration. And uh, J.K. Dobbins down in the goal line. Also, Gus Edwards had a I mean, it might have been his own run where he kind of gets one-on-one on the side to the boundary, I think maybe third or two or third and one, and just breaks a fucking tackle and gets a first down. So I think the backs started to hit a rhythm, and uh, they started using what has been working. Those would be my comments on that. Okay. And what else we got? Dang, Browns, three and out. Would it be the most Browns thing ever to lose this game? Yes, of course it would. NBA young boy, the goat. I feel like the Ravens can beat the Bills if they play them next week. Yeah, I think so too, but I think Josh Allen is going to be a problem. At the same time, the Bills defense tackles well. They have really fucking good DBs. That was a tough game last year. Pretty much the same team, except they run it back with Stephon Diggs, I think. I could be wrong. The offensive line's probably improved for Buffalo a little bit. But uh, Josh Allen is really good now. He's just really good. He throws the ball accurately. Stephon Diggs is a problem. Uh, Allen will chill in the pocket for 77 seconds if you give it to him. And it's kind of tough to get him to fuck up right now. So that's a, a tough matchup. And the Ravens got Tannehill to mess up, which feels like it's a little easier to knock Tannehill off his game right now than it is Josh Allen, who doesn't need play action the way that Tannehill does. Okay. And that sums it up for the YouTube comments. All right. Well, thank everyone for chiming in on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you uh, hanging here with us for this almost two-hour episode. We knew we were going to go long here on this momentous occasion of the uh, first playoff win of the Lamar Jackson era. Ravens taking down the Titans 20-13 to 13 in uh, one of the more fun games that we've had while doing this podcast. So we appreciate you guys coming along on the ride for us. Like I said, appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you again very soon. Be sure to follow the show on social media at Podcast Beatdown on Twitter. You can follow me at Jake Luke. That is L O U Q U E. Follow Spencer at Ravens for Dummies. Instagram is uh, Baltimore underscore Beatdown. Kyle, where can they find you and your stuff? You can find me at BB underscore Kyle P Barber on Twitter. Please definitely go to twitch.tv slash Baltimore Beatdown and uh, throw the Twitch account a follow. We just eclipsed 200 follows. Have a bun, bunch of fun on there. We do uh, post-game reports. I'm doing post-game reports every game. Um, I'm hopping on there almost four times a week at this point just to uh, answer any and all Ravens questions. Do a little bit more one-on-one stuff. Uh, it's really fun to uh, just kind of answer your questions. Uh, I play some video games on there as well. Um, and, uh, I might be also getting into some, uh, casting of games on Twitch. Uh, Rocket League is my game of choice. And, uh, I've been asked by Colorado State University and their, uh, their, uh, esports department, specifically the Rocket League department to, uh, become their play-by-play caster for their matchups this season, which is really exciting. That's awesome. For me. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. I'm really excited about that. So, uh, that might be more, uh, a part of the uh, streams as well. But it's a super fun time. I love hanging out and uh, talking to chat. And uh, it, it's, it's a little bit more personal of a feel because I get to see your comments live and answer your questions. So definitely go over there. Twitch.tv slash Baltimore Beatdown. I'll tell you what, Al. Going for the goal there with the rocket boost on the back of your car is the tremendous play that you want to make. And here is a guy named Kyle Phoenix Barber who is a tremendous color analyst for Rocket League. Um, had to get that in there. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. All right, boys. Get us out of here, Jake. 
like I said, it was a fun one. It's going to continue to be fun. Savor the moment. Savor this week. You know, you've been waiting for it for a very long time. Lamar Jackson has been waiting for it for a very long time. And he's finally here. He's finally a winner in the playoffs. And we can move forward with his career, with our lives, and with the show. We will talk to you guys again very soon. Until then, Arrivederci. See ya. Peace. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. See you later. All right, God bless. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs>